quarters on a dime. Two men cover the happenings of it all. What's up, everybody? Professional Wrestling. We said the wrestling world was going to change. CM Punk is all elite. And honestly, it couldn't have gone better. I think it's possible that Goldberg beats Lashley and that Big E beats Goldberg. Because I don't see Big E beating Roman. I thought ROH was a pile of crap. I think corporate ROH is gross. First of all, the Nick Gage entrance is one of the most insane things I've ever seen in my life. The Edge deal is up next year. Do you think he gets here AEW if he's still healthy? I think that he's a WWE lifer, honestly. Don't forget that the only reason WWE cleared him to begin with was because AEW was going to, and they were trying to sign him. Mixed martial arts. And I think everything leads towards Sandhagen, but I don't know. I think TJ could surprise some people. I'm choosing Sandhagen, um, especially with his last two performances. The Aldermaine Sterling and Piotr Jan running that back, and the winner of this should definitely get the next title shot. I thought Connor looked fantastic with the kicks. When he got rocked with punches, he went for the guillotine. That was the stupidest move. You hear Dustin after the fight admitted, though, that there was like a second there where he was like, oh God, he might have me. Do you think Pena has a chance against Amanda Nunez? The card isn't very good, in my opinion. Even the undercard, I don't think is that great. Wayne, Gon, and Lewis could potentially be really boring also. That's possible. Definitely. Jake Paul by knockout, probably pretty early. It's pretty telling when uh, Jake Paul was like, let's put up our purses against one another and Woodley wouldn't do it. I think Tyron Woodley's going to win this fight. He's going to throw combinations of Jake that Jake hasn't seen yet. First off, I'm going to say congratulations to Tyron Woodley for making $2 million. I would like to see Vitor and Jake, because I think Vitor would beat Jake's ass. Left by a lot so funny that this is the boxing people talk about most instead of the best boxers fighting. This is what boxing has become. The promoters have not allowed the best fighters to fight the best. They protect their own interests, they protect their fighters, and they never let the best fight the best. And there's multiple champions in the same weight class, and they still won't fight each other to unify the belts. And this is what has allowed YouTubers to come in and take over the sport. And much, much more. I have them this weekend. I'm just gonna let the board fall to me. Dalvin Cook, Zeke, CMC. Hopefully I can get one of those running backs. I did my draft tonight, as y'all can see with my Viking jersey on. You have like your really, really top tier wide receivers, but then there's a pretty big drop off. They didn't speak English. So like the UFC like wasn't giving them title fights as fast as people who did speak. So it absolutely was happening for, for a time in the sport. The reason why I brought that up though is because of the Stephen A thing, because I think it's a moronic, a moronic viewpoint to take. Yeah, I mean, we just saw Andre Arlovsky show up on AEW Dynamite. Like, I, Not only that, we've seen Junior Dos Santos, Andre Arlovsky. We've seen Cejudo on Dynamite. We've seen Vitor Belfort on Dynamite. We've seen Jorge Masvidal yeah. and Amanda Nunez. Like, it just, like, the fact that Tony Khan actually just did that. Fightful. Fightful. Steven Jensen. Yeah, that's the stuff I got going on. Uh, Fightful Select Weekend Podcast. Support Fightful and Fightful Select. Doug from RBD Tito for Loyal. Are we having fun yet? Because this thing has just got taken to a completely different level. Straight, straight from YouTube.com. Live rounds. The marksmen have arrived. Have arrived. Watching live rounds with Doug and Steven and being introduced to you by the real IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, Will Ospreay. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Live Rounds episode 77. Uh, 
It's going to be a fun night tonight. Got some stuff to go over. Steven's back in his purple. His team's won now, so he's, so, he's all in what? good graces now. And uh, my team won, of course, on the on Thanksgiving. We've lost three in a row on Thanksgiving, so it's been a long time before I felt that feeling again. So I really enjoyed my Thanksgiving um, with the Cowboys winning. And, uh, yeah, man, things are starting to heat up, you know. Good teams are looking like good teams. Bad teams are looking like they're about to check out and things about to get serious. So how are you yeah. doing tonight, Steven? I'm doing good, man. You know, honestly, I, I'll be full of transparency. For the, for the hardcore audience that, that's here, like, right at the beginning of our shows as people start trickling in every episode, um, I'll give the hardcore audience uh, a real uh, – I'll, I'll, I'll peel a layer back here and give you something real. Earlier today, Doug, I was on YouTube – and I was on the Minnesota Vikings YouTube channel and they do a really good job about like getting like interviews after the game with players and stuff and like posting them real yeah. quick. And they do a really good job of like miking uh, like the, during the game and getting like game footage, like really cool behind the scenes stuff or like on the field stuff. Um, I watched the full, it was like a five minute video of um, just like the on the field and some of the, some of the peripheral like before and after game stuff that they caught like, you know, for, for the YouTube channel and it was showing, you know, the key plays for the game and you see like the announcers and you hear the calls and all this stuff. And I legitimately was tearing up sitting there on my couch today. I was like, this is incredible how good this team is. Like, I don't even care if we lose, like we got smoked by y'all, but like, we have a good team. Like I, like I, like I haven't felt good about the Vikings like this. I don't think ever, like for a very, very long time, at least as far as like the coach, the, the management, like, it really gives me a lot of hope as far as like just seeing in one season, how much the culture there was just completely 180 and it's most of the same team, but their mindset just seems to be totally different. And they really play as a team. Um, and I was really like, I was really sitting there kind of tearing up. I was like, man, I'm really happy. Like Kevin O'Connell. I love this guy as a coach. Adolph I love it. The GM like this is, so I'm, I'm really happy with where the Vikings are at. It's obviously scary when you get beat by the Cowboys the way that we did or how we lost to, you know, the Eagles earlier this season. But at the same yeah. time, like, we got a good football team. So, like, I, 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 I have a lot to be happy with right now with the Vikings. Well, yeah, and what's interesting, too, about the Vikings is, like, the, the, the head coach, those guys really aren't his guys. The, the GM, those guys really aren't his guys. Like, a lot of it is not even really formed yet. So right. the future is very bright where they can kind of get all the, their guys that they want to bring in and, works for their system and so you know one thing that would be interesting and i think it could be possible is i think cooper cup is going to be available next year and if the old oc wants to bring him in and mix him with justin jefferson like mm. you want to talk about nasty mm. yeah and that 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 type of thing could happen i mean those off-season deals and if you get somebody that's willing to go all in i mean you never know, but I mean, I think the Rams are going to completely blow it up. So, uh, I mean, there—it's been like, who would have seen this coming? Yeah, coming off last year, like I didn't expect them to like, you know, win the Super Bowl again this year, but I expected them to. We talked about it on like our podcast and stuff, like like before the season. Like I thought that they were going to be Super Bowl contenders at the very least, you know, playoff, you know, for sure. Yeah, but, yeah, no. it's not looking good there. That's pretty wild. Yeah. People are gonna look back and be like, O'Connell should have just, or not O'Connell, um, uh, McVay should have just like, like you can't really say this because he's like in his like mid thirties still, but it's you know it's just funny where it's like 
there was the jokes about why don't you just retire? Like you have nowhere to go but down at this point. Like you've already won. You're this young. Like you did it your way. Just get out, you know, well, if you want to. I thought it was really weird in their off season. There was heavy implications that McVay was going to retire and Aaron Donald was going to retire. Right. And I was like, man, if that happens, they're going to blow this whole thing up. And like, they really just talked Aaron Donald to coming back one more year. And now, I mean, like after this miserable year, he's never going to want to play football again. Like he's so done. And then with McVay, I mean, he can retire and go into Amazon or whatever, get a huge paycheck. So I think he's out too. I think they're going to blow the whole thing up. That LA market is going to just totally abandon whatever fan base they had in there. And they're going to have to make some crazy moves. And I and the credit card is due too. Like, yeah, they won a Super Bowl, but they're about to completely destroy their franchise for the way that they did it. So yeah, it, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. I, uh, you know, I obviously don't want to take any credit away from McVay for, I mean, winning a Super Bowl is like very few people do that in in general, but to do it as young as he did is like remarkable. But um, I also like how much of it was O'Connell too. Like, I mean, like him not being there, I don't know, you know, like, because everyone was joking before he got, before he got the Vikings higher, they were like, this guy didn't didn't even really call plays as offensive coordinator and like pretty much just held McVay's uh, clipboard is like with, with the, the joke about him was like, this like, what's this guy actually do? And it's like, it's pretty clear at the very least the morale, you know, of a team. Like I, yep. even the, even the fans, like after the game, they, there was footage of um, KOC, like just signing autographs and like high-fiving fans after the game. And the whole yeah. fan base is going, they're all chanting together. KOC, KOC and like you never heard like Zimmer Zimmer you know what I mean like you know what I mean like it's like it's just a totally yeah. different mindset on everything like and this is we, I really we, like also how he handles the media like whenever yes. they ask him questions he's very upfront he's very honest he's very like forthright transparent about what they plan on doing what went wrong what went right like I I respect him he's a good coach well and you know th- this not I do definitely don't want to get political, but just to prove kind of a point here, this is kind of, oh, I'll get political. I, I, I don't, I don't even care about like political affiliation when it comes to what I'm about to say. Yeah. I think Kevin O'Connell and Quesi Mensa are a very good example of like what I've been saying for a while of like younger, like they're, they're, they're mentally stable. They're physically fit. They know what's going on. Their, their, their morale is good. And they come in and they made like all these positive changes. Like, quick and it's just like you never see that in politics it feels like and like i feel like if man it is a good example obviously obviously the the country is a much more important thing than an nfl team but the the point is like getting people in place that like are are like with it i don't even care what your like views really are if i can just have you up there and be like okay man i'm with you like that that sounds good like people are happy like things are getting better okay like like you know what i mean like and I just feel like that's how the Vikings have have handled have handled this whole thing. Is like Quesi Adolfo Mensa came in as the GM. He's like 40 years old. He hired a head coach who's like 37. And these guys come from the old school of like pre-internet, like we did. You know, they know yeah. what what it was what it was like before, but they're also young enough to know where things are heading and have all this experience along the way. And, and it's just like I feel like it's the best of both worlds if you can get someone who's really intelligent. And it is in like that that good just their their physical and mental prime out there. 
And that's that's just how I feel. I, I feel like because it, it's a it's a clear trickle down with the Vikings. You see with the way Kirk Cousins is like he's like having fun. He's like not super tensed up and nervous all the time. And Adam Thielen's out there like being way more loose than he's been his whole career. And Justin Jefferson's like loving what's happening in Minnesota because he's looking like the best receiver in football. So like I mean it's just it just the whole thing, even when we lose games, it's like, you see that you see the, the speech afterwards and it's, it's O'Connell going up there saying, you know what? We made mistakes here, here, and here, but like, I got to get better too. Like, this isn't just me blaming, like I have to get better. Like I have to learn how to, how people, how to use people better and how, and it's, it's a, it's a collaboration. And like, you know, so I, it, it's so much different than having a Mike Zimmer type type figurehead that just it's my way or the highway. And I'm, I just completely, have have no 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 I'm so out of touch that it just doesn't even matter now everyone's just miserable. Like yeah. So yeah. No, I feel you. It's uh it, it's definitely good vibes over there. Um and the same with the Cowboys. Me. Obviously you guys are looking yeah. great. So I mean I'm not I'll say this too. like you guys look great like, too. I've been super impressed by Mike McCarthy. Like from Mike yeah. McCarthy year one to Mike McCarthy year three is night and day. He's night and day. Like he completely owns the room now. And he doesn't look like a guy that's just kind of like there to be picked on. Like he he stands up for himself. And like like J. Ron Curse was just like, he's like, I'll go to war for Mike McCarthy. Like I'll go to war for my coach. Like they're they definitely like the players love him. And uh it just it really shows, you know. But one thing that I am finding interesting that i didn't really expect i didn't expect us to be this good on offense like i knew our defense was really good but like we're averaging 35 points a game we're number one on third down now that Dak's back and i just didn't expect us to be able to run the ball the way we have our offensive line is way better than i expected and cd lamb is now really starting to show up like whoa like yeah. that catch he made on Thanksgiving with the one hand and then the other one that he didn't get in the end zone, but that thing was nasty too. So that, that was impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I, I, I've been saying it for years. I mean, obviously you know better than I do because it's your team, but like for years I was like, um, Pollard is like, I think he should be, I think he's better than Zeke. I know Zeke gets a lot of money. And also I was like, CD lamb, like I think is better than Cooper cup. I'm sorry, 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 Amari Cooper. Um, yeah. Like, you know, like, obviously, but that's the thing with the league, right? Like, it's hard to compare because some guys will have big years and then their their prime could just, like, fall off so quick that, like... But, like, you, know. you, you, you with Pollard, that was, that was not the best game he's played, and Zeke played better than Pollard last week. Like, Zeke had, like, I think he only had 12 carries for 92 yards. I mean, he, he went off and a touchdown. So, it's like, both of them are contributing... And there's, yeah. there's parts of Zeke, though, that, like, man, if you need four yards, like, he just becomes, like, a little torpedo and just pushes his way through, you know? It's so valuable and, to have that. Yes, and, and Pollard is one of those that, like, if he gets a little bit of a crease, it could be a house call, and Zeke can't yeah. do that. But but both of them contribute, you know what I mean? So Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Romeo had interesting because you guys play the Jets and Mike White now is in and he's kind of looking like he's on fire. And I'm very curious to see Sauce Gardner versus Justin Jefferson. I think that's going to be a really good matchup. Yeah. Um, we'll see, Romeo. We'll see how that goes. Um, 
<laughs> I'll probably play Tyler Conklin on my fantasy team this week because I think he's going to try to go off against his former team. I've always been a Conklin guy, by the way. Like, I, I, I still like him, even though he's not with the Vikings. Um, I hope he has a good game against Minnesota. I, ho- I hope that we beat y'all, obviously. But um, if Conklin catches a touchdown, well, I, you know, I'll, I'll be happy for him. Um, especially because, like, um, obviously we, we chose um, – why is his name blanking on me right now? Irv Smith Jr. We should we essentially chose Irv Smith Jr. over Tyler Conklin, and that just hasn't worked out because of all these injuries. It worked out eventually because um, having T.J. Hawkinson is like the best case scenario. So like we like it wound up in a great spot for us. But for a while there, I, I always thought Conklin like kind of got um, he kind of got like boxed out un- unfairly in my opinion, um, kind of out of Minnesota because I, I think he was more valuable than like what the the, the team thought he was. Yeah. It happens. You can't keep them all. You know what I mean? For sure. Well, especially if you're going to decide, like, well, we want to pay a lot of money to this tight end and we see the future in Irv Smith, but, like, he just keeps getting hurt, you know? But once again, when we trade it for TJ Hawkinson, and it's like, that's our guy now. Like, this guy rules. So he's missed some, he's missed some key passes. I have to admit, like, he ha- he's had some moments where I'm like, what the hell's going on with this guy? But then he mm-hmm. turns it right back around. Like, what, what I really like about that kind of mindset is what the Vikings will do is if you mess up they don't just like shun you they'll go to you the next play and like let you immediately just snap right back out of it and get 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 your get your confidence right back up like hawkinson will miss a pass and then they'll go right to him in the end zone and like he'll catch it it's just like all right we're back you know like i i, I like that kind of stuff where some teams like tom brady or aaron Rodgers, like they throw the ball your way and like it goes off your fingertips and you miss it like you're on the sidelines you yeah. know what i mean like so Yep, good stuff. We're in good shape. Both of us going to be interesting going into this final stretch. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm also tied for first place in my fantasy league. Knock on wood. So yeah, I have first place in one of my leagues, but my team's kind of starting to fall apart. And then I have I I won by the skin of my teeth. I won all three of my leagues, but but one I like I need to win out for sure to get in, and I don't know if I'm going to make it. But the other one, I, I think I'll make the playoffs in that one as well. So it's been a it's been an interesting one. Did you did you notice the last um, the last UFC show in our DraftKings league? How close I was to winning that by chance? Uh, look, no, I, I was no. literally like like three points away from winning like you know how you know how like insanely close that is for DraftKings. like it was yeah it was literally three points it was because like one of the guys i chose was just a bad just a bad pick who got me like you know two points overall and it was like yeah had i I chosen anyone else i would have won um but yeah uh that was rough yeah so um I don't know where you want to start on things. I, uh, one thing that's kind of been coming across that I see and I, and I just don't understand and maybe we can talk about it and kind of figure it out, but you know, Dax thinks that FTR is done in April. Right. And I just don't understand how we've gotten to the point to where they were like facing the Briscoes at WrestleMania weekend to where they are now. Like, I don't feel like they've been booked right at all. And if they wanted to leave, I couldn't blame them at all. But at the same point, I really don't see them having a great run in WWE either because I just don't feel like WWE cares about the tag team division much. So, yeah. 
What do you think about that? So before I give you my thoughts, real quick, don't want to forget to give a shout out to PK. Yes. Sponsor the show. Link in description. Please check that out. If you use code Fight Talk or sorry, code Live Rounds, um, basically just send him a message and just say Live Rounds or Steven and Doug or whatever. Like either of our names, he'll know. He know he'll know where 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 you're coming from. Um, you'll get ten percent off of your order on his eBay store. Really cool stuff on there. He's been re-upping as well. So there's like more pro wrestling stuff. I saw. I saw like a signed uh, Mankind eight by ten the other day on there that is very enticing. Um, a lot of good stuff. Uh, and Funko Pops, and he's been asking me and Doug the kind of stuff we collect, so um, he can get more of that kind of stuff for y'all as well. And uh, it, you will not find a better deal on your collectibles than uh, than PK. So thank you to PK for sponsoring the show. And the link once again is in the description of the video. Um, just go go support because he's he's really helping the show out a lot. So uh, so thank you, PK. And also, please hit the like button and, uh, you know, the thumbs up, subscribe, all that good stuff. We really appreciate it. Super chats, as always, we'll make sure to get to every single one that will go up on the screen. Read them out. We'll answer your questions. Uh, we always make sure to get to every single one. And if you want to donate, it works the same way. Description below. Um, it works the same way as super chats. I'll get the notification on my phone through PayPal, and we'll still read out everything, answer everything. Uh, I want to make sure to get out, all that out of the way right at the top as well. To answer your question, though, um, I, I agree that like FTR has definitely cooled off over the last, I mean, at least like it definitely lasts like six months or so. Um, if not longer, it's felt like that. I think, I think a big problem, a big part of that is for whatever reason, they they're like boxed out of like the AEW title picture. So yes. like, they're, they're, yes. so they're like the champions of everything else. But like you don't really see that on AEW television, where you should really be seeing that the most. So that that it just kind of feels backwards. Um, and if yes. anything, they should probably also be the AEW tag team champions. Just give them all the belts and like have that be a thing. Um, I thought and, for sure by the end of the year they were going to have all the titles. Same, sure felt yeah. that way. And yeah, it, I agree. It never really happened. So, and I'm with you as well about. Uh, them potentially going back to WWE, I think it's a, a very, very real possibility. Uh, and I wouldn't blame them either. Like, I'd, I'd be happy for them wherever they want to go. Um, uh, under Triple H's, uh, you know, with Triple H being in charge, they have a way better chance to succeed, obviously, in the WWE than they did before. Like, like they're his boys from, like, early days NXT. So, um, no, I disagree with that. Um, yeah, I mean, but I'm also I'm by the I consider the Young Bucks to be the best tag team right now, like just on the planet, yeah. um, and arguably the best of all time. Like depending on how you look at it, I understand that's a pretty big, a big, pretty big. Thing. The way I say it is that they are the generation Shawn Michaels. Like that's what they are. It's like maybe not necessarily the biggest in box office, maybe not necessarily the biggest draw, but like match matches bell for bell. They would come out with the best matches by yeah. far. I think, yeah, I think they they're I think they're the most can't miss tag team as far as like if they're wrestling, you need to watch their match because it's always gonna just it will always exceed expectations. They're just yeah, they're I, I like the whole thing. I like the story of them being brothers and the whole the whole deal. FTR I think is very, very good. I mean, like if I'm not gonna argue against FTR, like if you if you say FTR is the best. That's fine. Like, I'm not going to be like, no, they aren't, because I understand why you would go with them. Um, but personally, I'm, I'm the same way. I just think the Young Bucks are the more. But once again, that's compared to, I consider the Young Bucks to be the most entertaining tag team just on earth right now. So, 
Um, yeah. I felt that way about them for probably the last five, six years, probably. It's been a while now. Um, and they, their, their match quality hasn't gone down at all, which is insane. Like they're doing I've just as well now as they did in like Russell, like in like in like middle of the night New Japan shows, you know, five years ago. They're still it's still just as good. I just think if you like like legit badasses that lay stuff in and all that stuff, then you're definitely gonna lean more on like the FTR side. But if you're more in like the just the spectacle of pro wrestling and that that match type, then you're probably more so on the buck side. Do I think that like the Young Bucks can like legit beat people up and F like if, if FTR and the Young Bucks had to legit fight, like I'm putting my money on FTR. Like, Same. Sure. I, I I don't but I don't need them to be legit badasses for like me to support them. Do you know what I'm sure. saying? So absolutely that's that's kind of how I feel about the situation. But I I think that maybe part of some of the resentment towards Ring of Honor has to do with FTR and how they were booked and how it's like because they became the Ring of Honor tag team champions, they're just kind of stuck. And I think that their momentum got completely crushed and it should have never happened. Like they still get big pops and stuff, but they're not as over as they used to be. And it's like the acclaim now is like the main focus and FTR just kind of is in the backseat. So to me, like if you were going to re-sign them, you're doing a terrible job to try to convince them to stay, in my opinion. Well, I, I agree, but at the same time, also like how much how much got scrapped when like CM Punk went out and stuff too? Like, were they supposed to yeah. be in like a trio with him? Like, was there you know what I mean? Like maybe they'll get more involved with F, with uh, MJF again or something. Like maybe they can kind of reform the pinnacle in some way or something. I don't know. But like I'm, I, I also thought it was interesting that I think from what I was reading about it, that Dax was saying that like he initially, he, he thought that the contract ran up last year or this year and then realized it was coming up yeah. in April. And I don't know why you would mention yeah. that. You know what I mean? Like, right. I just feel like, I feel like if you're mentioning that you're kind of like waiting for it to run up almost, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, the whole thing's just kind of weird. Yeah, but I but once again, wherever they wind up, like I'm fine with. I think they're going to succeed wherever. I just, uh, it is strange that they've taken such a backseat on AEW when they are an AEW tag team. And like, if you're an FTR fan, the majority of what you would want to watch this year would have been them everywhere but AEW. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's kind of like a just a big miss in my opinion. You know, when, yeah. when we talk about matches of the year and all this stuff, like they're definitely going to be mentioned. And I just don't feel like that they've been used. And then like for them to get the New Japan titles, for them to get AAA titles and like just, OK, you have those. You barely defend those on TV. You're barely on TV. And then you don't ever get a shot at the AEW titles when you're clearly the number one contender. Um, I just I, I'm not a fan of how it was booked. And I think a lot of it, like I said, is messy Ring of Honor. Like I think Ring of Honor at this point is just becoming more of a hindrance than than anything. Like, can you imagine? Let's say, because someone was saying, I was in some conversation. Someone was saying that like Wardlow should become Ring of Honor champion, and I'm just like, dude, if Wardlow won the Ring of Honor title, 
and he just was like defending it on dynamite. Like, I think that title would look like crap. And I think he would look like not nowhere, like he wouldn't look like a champion at all. He'd be better off with the TNT title. Like Jericho makes more sense. And I think like, but I think only certain people can pull this off. Like, I think if Claudio wins that title, I don't really think it's going to do a lot for him or for the title. Like, I think that they need to decide what they want to do with Ring of Honor. And I and I really don't even know if keeping Ring of Honor as a live brand is a smart idea at this point. I really think you should just mainly be focusing on AEW. Um, I don't see a huge future in Ring of Honor. I don't know how you feel. Uh, I I agree to most of what you're saying. Like, I... I think it's possible for like a like a revived Ring of Honor to be successful. It just depends on what it is. Like, yeah. but but I also agree that like kind of the buzz and like the whole idea of it is getting just kind of weird to people. Because and by the way, if you hear noise, it, it's rain right here. That just okay. Started. Yeah, I was just curious because I could definitely hear some rain. Yeah, sorry. I hope that's not too annoying. It's all good. Not a whole lot I can do about it. Um, but uh, but yeah, I. I, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, obviously, I love Jericho's Ring of Honor champion as a Jericho fan. Like, I, I, think, it, I think it's cool that he's won this title and he's he's having banger matches. That Jericho Ishii match. match. Okay. Yeah. Seven stars at least. <laughs> okay. Like, like that blows Omega Okada completely out of the water. Tomorrow. All right, like, Stephen. Calm down, sir. You see Jericho's calm chest down. bleeding? Yeah. Okay. Still nothing. Um, no. I mean that was that was just that was but I'm obviously trolling but but yeah I know but no but to be to be on to be completely honest though like that was that was a badass match like people nobody I feel like could, could say Chris Jericho can't still go like that was a like he's killing it still um I even, love his response on Twitter too yeah like, yeah like, people yeah. are like telling him he doesn't have to do this and he needs to ease up on this and he's just like no like I'm going 100 percent I don't yeah. care. He's going to do it to the best of his abilities as long as he can do it. And that's why he's so smart about, like, he takes his breaks. He changes his character up. He, you know, he's yep. constantly reinventing, constantly staying fresh. And then I think the second that he feels like he can't go anymore to, like, the level that he pulled himself to, he'll walk away. Like, I don't think he's going to stick around to, like, become a – I mean, people kind of around the beginning of AEW – or actually – because he was a good AEW champion, in my opinion. He was the right AEW champion at the beginning of the company. Um, but there was a lot of people that kind of considered him like a parody of himself and like the inner circle and stuff. And it's like, I get that. I, but, 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 I'm, but my, my point is really like, I, that, to me, that's just the evolution of him and his character just constantly changing. He can clearly still wrestle and he's clearly gotten in a lot better shape. Like, I, I know that, like, that's, that's yeah. the key. I think if he would have started, when AEW started in 2019 in that type of shape going into the first match with or the second match with Kenny Omega at double or nothing at that pay-per-view and won the title in that shape, I think that a lot of the criticism of him would have went away. I think it was just hard to see like a slow, out of shape, sluggish Jericho that was trying to like focus more on like power moves almost and being like agile. And I, and I think that people were just like, man, he's great on the mic. He has a great character. Le Champion was awesome. Like, he did a really good job. But 
people forgot about him. It basically dismissed him as a wrestler based on the shape that he was in. But then when he got in really good shape, it was just like, oh, okay, you can still kind of go. Yeah, and now I can like he definitely still really go. Like I gotta like yeah. really give him credit. Like that Ishii match, that was really good stuff. Um, and Jericho has been con- continually killing it, in my opinion, especially with all the Ring of Honor stuff. Um, the Ring of Honor match at the pay per view was really good. Um, mm-hmm. and I lo- I talked about it before that that what I call the YOLO effect that that jump that diving, uh, Judas he did that like kind of didn't hit all the way, but like actually turned out looking really good. Like the way that it came off, like. Just cool to see him do his thing. Or uh, the Jericho Gage match. Yeah, like the, the, this kind of, that was awesome. Like yeah. people, people forget about this. Like, like we saw an actual Nick Gage legitimate death match with, with glass and just excessive blood and cutting each other up with the forehead and pizza cutters and stuff, like on TNT. Like, that's insane. Like it's awesome. Yep. Um, yep. but um, and also I'll throw this up here. Alexander Fitzgerald says, is it safe to say Jericho is the GOAT? Most people would say no. I will say yes. Um, I think he is. But that's me, like, in my own opinion of, like, what I consider to be, like, the most important aspects of, like, he's had the longevity. His match quality has always been good. He's won all these championships. And he's done it in, in all these different companies. Like, that's so, to me, he fits, like, the the criteria of, like, what I would consider to be, the like, the the epitome of a professional wrestler like for, for a career but yeah but i also understand that like there's plenty there's plenty of other people you could have in that conversation I, I get that too i'll say this like if you are giving the criteria of a goat and you are talking about all of his accomplishments and everything he's done you would after the whole thing like say this was in court and you had to plead your case right after you've pleaded your case, you would have a hard time saying that hey, he's not the GOAT. You know what I mean? But I just don't feel like he's the GOAT. I don't know. Right. This, this is the way I feel. Like, there's other people that I like more or I feel like have been more impactful. But, like, before I wouldn't even have put him in the conversation. And now it's like you, you have to, right? And I think his legacy will only be remembered even better when it's over. I think it's really hard to talk about the GOAT while they're currently still going, you know, unless it's just like clear as day. But I think once it's all over and you look at the full body of work and you look at the impact that he's had on the business and all of it, then, yeah, I think he'll definitely be in the conversation. So Romeo says, yeah. HBK is my GOAT. Now, he would have been my next one I would have brought up as an example. And yeah. this is my thing with HBK. And he, similar to Jericho, he took, you know, a long four-year break from wrestling and stuff and came back, yep. reinvented himself. His match quality never got, got went down. I preferred his, like, his, like, late 90s run, like, before he yeah, left. Yeah, because he would bump like a freak. Yeah, and he was just the man. I mean, but, yes. but, but, but his, I mean, his, his second run was, like, it's, it's comparable. Like, I mean, it's, yes. and part of it, too, is, like, he decided he didn't want to be the champion. It probably would have been seen even better if he was, like, the world champion for more of it, but it was his decision not to be. So, like, but my my, my, my point is, like, HBK, it, it's, the only reason I put Jericho over Shawn Michaels is because yeah. I, on one hand, I think it's super respectable that Shawn did all of his work in the WWE for the most part. To where like he was uh, that guy he was reliable 
he like there there's definitely something super super respectable for having that longevity in that company and look where he is at now in that company like like he's wwf he he for life right and that's that's awesome more power to him but i feel like if Shawn michaels had had like some sort of run where he you know did something in like in like all japan when it was big or like you know new japan at certain points or like even as crazy as well wcw of course that's a given of course but like i'm even talking afterwards like even i know it sounds the same but even if he did like one thing like impact or it's just something where we're just like <laughs> i'm just saying like like it's just that that's what that's what jericho is like pops in a new japan has these banger matches with omega and it's like damn he could do that there too like goes to AEW, first world champion does all this stuff there um ring of honor champion wrestling all these different people like it's just it's just so it's one of those things where like i can't take that I, in my own mind, I take it away, but like I, I, I can't really argue against like if Shawn Michaels is your goat, I think I think Shawn Michaels was arguably the best in ring wrestler ever. So like yeah. I so and I think he was a better in ring wrestler than Jericho. But like at the same time, Jericho modeled most of his kind of he his whole vibe and 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 the way he wrestled and a lot. It's very very based on Shawn Michaels. So yeah. like, there's a lot of similarities there too with the athleticism and being a smaller wrestler in the grand scheme of things and stuff. So it's, one, it's just one of those things where it's, it's almost apples to oranges. Where like, if I Shawn Michaels, I think definitely is it, for me. If I had to like rank who I think is the best pro wrestler of all time, period, like my top two probably would be Chris Jericho and Shawn Michaels. It's just I edge higher towards Jericho because he's just proven he can be that guy everywhere he goes. Yeah. I mean, it, it just, it, it, the criteria just really just depends. But if you're just talking in ring, I think one of the things too, that's like the reason why you might ding Shawn Michaels is also one of the reasons why he needs to be possibly considered even more so because all he did was WWE. No, that's, and that's what a I'm tough saying. place to work. It is. But I'm yeah. saying that that's a tough place to work and yeah. to be a top guy there and to be able to still deliver those type of matches when they really don't allow a lot of people to do that. Like that's that's impressive in itself. You know, like the thing like with AJ Styles, I think has a real argument because Same. he was literally great everywhere. He was yes. great in Impact. He was great in New Japan. He was great in Ring of Honor. He's great in the WWE. Like that, that, that being able to spread yourself out and still be great. And for me, though, like the one I have a hard time with not saying he's the GOAT, and it has nothing to do with in ring quality, but. For me, Hogan is like one yeah. of, if not because just because I've never seen anybody be as over as a face and over as a heel than Hogan. Like it, Austin tried it and couldn't do it. You know what I mean? The yeah. Rock did it and he did it well. I still don't think he did it as good as Hogan. Like that is real. And Cena didn't even want to attempt it. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? So like, that and, and even like Flair, he could be a he could be a heel and he could be a face, but he was always a way better heel. And it got to the point with Hogan, it was just like, dude, I I can't tell you like he's great either way. Like well, he and, knows how to work the crowd. All, and also to be fair too, like my favorite WrestleMania match of all time might be Hogan versus The Rock. Like you know right. what I mean? Like and it's like they hardly did anything. 
but like it was yes. that good. Like exactly. And yeah. there's and for like just childhood reflection. I mean, Hogan and Warrior, Hogan and Savage, like, and then in the NWO, Hogan and Sting, like. There's just so many Hogan different moments. That was huge and it's like, time, yeah. and it's like none of these matches happened without like the people going absolutely insane. Like it wasn't like these matches just happened and nobody's invested. And it's just kind of like, oh, I got to deal with this again. Like people are going completely bananas because Hogan was a monster draw. Now, not saying anything about the person himself. Like he's been proven, like as you get older, you kind of find out bad things about Michael Jordan too. And all this other stuff, like your heroes kind of, you realize they're actually villains, but just as the character Hulk Hogan and Hollywood Hogan, like, man, that is, that is tough, tough to, to top. They were incredible. I think the best character in the history of wrestling is Hollywood Hulk Hogan. uh, Incredible. Yeah. Um, and, and just the timing of it and everything made sense. And what frustrates me is like Cena could do the exact same thing based on everything, right? He could pretty like, much still do it right now. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He could be Hollywood Cena. He could yeah. absolutely do the same thing. The company turned their back on him. They forgot who the real guy, the real draw is. Roman Reigns is nothing compared to me. Like he could absolutely do it but he won't do it, you know? And I think part of it is, is like for Hogan, it was like, man, like these kids are my bread and butter. They make me money. Right. And for Cena, it's more like, I'm going to shatter these kids souls. And I can't handle that. Like, yeah, I did all these make a wish foundations. And like, I truly will scar some of these kids that like, they look up to me. Right. And I just think Hogan was just like about the dollars and the cents. Yeah. Well, yeah. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, I think that was his motivation for a lot of things. Um, and a lot of decisions sure. that were made. Um, I mean, I remember those stories about like the giant talking about like finding, he like went to buy his own action figure at like Walmart back when, back in WCW and it rang up his Hulk Hogan. And he was like, Oh, that's where all my money's going for my merchandise. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. <laughs> I bet there were so many things like that that, like, we didn't know. know? Yeah. Um, Who drew uh, the house, brother? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, (laughs) But, but no, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you about Hogan. Uh, He was was super, super over. He was the man. And even, like, today, right, like, he's completely destroyed his, like, personal legacy, but, like, he's still a top-drawing figure. Like, people will buy a Hogan figure, like, because... He's in, like, every series. He represents people's childhood. And each figure is, like, a moment in time that you remember. Like, I saw that that figure they were going to do the match made in hell with Hogan in the the camo with the, the mask. And the American uh, bandana, and I'm just like, I have to have it. And I have no room for more Hogan's, but I have to have it. Like, it's just part of that culture, yeah. you know? See, so. the, bi- the, the big key to doing something with Cena that would be, like, finally, like, outside of the box and, like, a, 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 an opportunity for him to turn heel is they, they – and I know they've been trying to do this, obviously, the WWE, but – I feel like it's closer now than ever because I feel like there is somebody who can fill fill that role, but like they need to find a new Make a Wish 
guy. Like, but they'll, but you can't just like, just like appoint somebody to be I'm that. Like, you, it's Cody. They have him. Cody. I, I think it's somebody else actually. Roman. Nope. For the kids. I think he can be that. Omos. Austin Theory. Oh, dude. Okay, hold on. Well, let me you turn that guy yeah. baby face, and he's the next Cena. I've been saying it. Like, yeah. he is. And, like, I saw him stand up to Seth Rollins, and he actually wasn't just being goofy and a dork. And I'm just like, dude, people are going to get behind this guy. Like, if he yeah. becomes a baby face, he is the next Cena. Yeah. Well, I think it's possible. I think it's very possible. He's still, still very young and showed. I mean, he's always, I, I remember him back in Evolve. Like I like, you know, I, yeah, I, I recognize, but like, I, but my point is like, you can't just like appoint someone to be that. Like you, the kids have to, I mean, without getting too deep into this and like making myself cry, like these kids are literally deciding like the one thing they get to choose and like, they know things aren't good and their parents know things aren't good. It's like, you get one, yeah. you, we have one thing that you get to do. And it's like, they're choosing John Cena. Like that's so insanely powerful. And like, no, you, can't, and, and you can't just be like chosen to be that guy. But that's my point is like, it's hard to find a guy like that. But like, if, if they can find, like, like I think Cody could be that guy for like at least five years or so, if he can stay healthy coming off of this big injury, like they got to find people who, who the kids can really attach to. I think Roman Reigns can do that. I think Austin Theory has a chance to be that guy. I just don't think he's nearly like to that level yet. I'm like, not saying he's there. Right. I just think that he could be that guy. If you if you gave him the MJF push, where he's vocal, he's always on the show, he's not made to look a fool of, and then you're ready like year two or three to, t- to click that button and then make him the guy, I think he can be the guy. Yeah. No, I, I, I see what you're saying for sure. But my, my point is like, until they find that that new guy or girl, I mean, it could be a Bianca Belair or you know Charlotte, oh, yeah. you know, like like there there's 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 people it could possibly become, but until until that's there, it's really hard, I think, to turn Cena heel because like you you've got to have that guy for the kids, like and Cena yeah. the for I feel like no one's allowed to say one bad thing about John Cena ever. Like you can, you can, you can have like your opinions of like little things about him or whatever, I guess. But like on, on strictly just the amount, think about the toll that has to take on your own, like the, the pride that must come with like being the choice of like someone's last wish, like how powerful that I, is. I'm and, telling and, you. And, but, 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 go, but going into it, what I was saying, but just but going into it, knowing like this kid's going to, this kid's gonna die. Like you're never gonna like you know like you like you have like that's such a mind f like to to be that that mentally strong to do that more times than anyone in history. Like I and mean, it's not even close how many times he's done it in, in comparison to others. Like that guy, you can't say a bad thing about that guy. I'm telling you, if you have time, go back and watch Total Divas. Like you will find a lot of the person of who John Cena is on that show, and. He is one of those guys that was like, and what's weird is he basically flipped how he felt because he believed that he wasn't allowed to have kids. He wasn't allowed to have a wife. He wasn't allowed to enjoy the, those type of things because he is John Cena. He has to live a certain lifestyle to make sure that he stays in within his character. And I think as he got older, 
it was like, man, this thing's kind of winding down. Now what do I do? And so I'm glad that he was able to find an outlet or do something else because he he came across like almost depressed. Like I have to be this way. Yeah. And like when Nikki wanted to move in, like he made her sign a contract of like and and like only allowed to do certain things in his house. Like he just was very protective and he was just very like I'll allow you in my life, but my life has to stay this way. Like I cannot change it because I am something different than what others are. I am John Cena, you know? So yeah, I was just like, wow, that's heavy. Yeah, I, I, that is. I mean, that's a lot of pressure from like a lot of corn. I remember seeing like one of his, uh, listen, and like I know Kogan's messing around. Like you, you can you can be a hater of like Cena's like, on, like it's fun to chant like John Cena sucks and stuff like that. I get that, but like the human being, like I, I remember seeing like that uh, he did like a DVD like years ago where it like followed him around for a few days or something. And yeah. and I remember like the only sleep this guy was getting was literally on airplanes. And and yeah. half the time he was on airplanes, he was learning Mandarin so that he could yeah. be like uh, like you know so he could go to like China and stuff and be in like be respectful enough to like know their language so that they would like him there and so it's just like this is like it's insane it came in handy it came in well i know it's funny how that how it's funny how it kind of flipped on him which was so bad because then people thought that like he's reading it from a teleprompter they're like my god this man is so desperate that he is trying to read mandarin to to apologize like he is on his knees begging on this terrible mistake he has made and like i knew because i'm a wrestling fan that he already knew it like he he knows how to speak it but people thought it was just because like he's some hollywood jackass that was just like oh my god i need to learn mandarin real quick can somebody post it up so i can read it you know like no he actually speaks like no yeah. yeah, he actually speaks it. Yeah, which is just remarkable that this guy, on top of all the other stuff he had going on and the travel schedule and the physical and mental toll and all the make-a-wishes and everything, all the public appearances and, and PR for the company and everything, and then on top of the actual wrestling, um, he's taking the time to learn a completely different language in his spare time. Like, And that spare time is literally on airplanes traveling from point A to point B. Like, and I always found it fascinating that like these guys that were such like the top of the company all have this mindset that like when my time is done, it's over. And I don't know when that will be, but it's just like they don't really hold on to it. Like Austin was just like, you know, just a hamster on a wheel and they just take you off and they put another hamster on there. And it's like, man, like that bothered me because it's like, no, you weren't just a hamster and they just can't replace you. You know what I mean? And and I understand that everybody has to move on and everything, but it's like, to me, it, 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 it comes so fast where it's like, I remember like with the Cena thing, it was just like, people were like, wow, Cena's losing now. Like, is this it? Like, is he not the guy anymore? And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, Cena's not winning the Royal Rumble anymore. And wow, Cena's getting pinned. And man, I didn't expect this. And like, oh, it's over. Wow, yeah. it's already over, you know. So watching like, Tom Brady a little bit, you're like, oh, kind of isn't that good anymore. It's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. Aaron Rodgers, 
Yeah, you know? that's just fun though for me. But when you're like, you're like, put in Jordan Love because I need my fantasy guys to get some action here. And normally I wouldn't ask for that at all. But then they put in Jordan Love, and all of a sudden the whole offense wakes up, and you're like, oh wow, maybe maybe Aaron Rodgers is really done. Maybe it's not these players. Maybe it's him. Maybe he's Speaking not of, very good anymore. Speaking of fantasy, uh, looked at prize picks just now. Actually, I had some going that I, I forgot that I had to double check, but. I'm up. Um, I'm up sixty-seven dollars today on prize picks. Actually, oh, so there you go. Happy about nice. that. Yeah, I've been uh, been on there uh, watching Counter Strike all day, and uh, then threw some on the uh, on the Mavs and uh, Warriors game. So that, that worked out okay. good. I did the Taco Tuesday. Um, I like yeah. those deals, dude. I messed up so bad. I put, I and I knew it going into it. And I messed it up still. The Justin Jefferson like yep. gimme pick. Yeah. I put I put it all like on a twenty dollar pick with like some other stuff and those didn't hit and I should have done yeah. like four different went with him yeah. like just give me picks and yeah. I messed it up but he we wound up going off for like yeah. like you know a hundred something yards and a touchdown and it's like yeah, all he needed yeah, was, it was one. back to back to business yeah for sure he didn't he didn't see Trayvon Diggs on the other side so he was like oh, okay I can yeah yeah now. yeah yeah we stopped trying after a certain point to be fair I mean you, I, you, I just, you y'all, y'all had y'all had, us, y'all had us beat y'all had us beat straight up like in by like yeah. the halftime so like anything after that was just like us just playing for pride I think, I think the pass rush definitely overwhelmed and then they just couldn't really get anything going so it was the first yeah. time Kirk got hit by Michael Parsons it was just like the mm. whole vibe of the whole thing changed and you know what's crazy about Micah, man? Like, if he gets you once, he's going to get you again. Like, he's, he's just so one of those fast. dudes. He's so fast. <laughs> and, 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 like, I don't think quarterbacks realize it until they actually play him. Like, I think they see it on tape and they're like, yeah, you know, I can get away from that guy. Well, especially quarterbacks like Kirk that, like, aren't the best runners. Like, they're just screwed back there against a guy like that. I mean, he runs a 4-3. Like, yeah. he's going to get you. Like uh, it, it's a, it's incredible. Like he gets around the edge so fast. It's like, Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. So he's only his second year, right? Yes. Yeah, his second year. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. If he stays healthy, that's your guy for like, that's the guy you keep paying to stay there for a while. That, that, that's yeah. a surefire hall of famer. Like, he, yeah, he's, he's gonna, he's probably going to win defensive player of the year this year. Yeah, so, probably. Yeah. It's pretty I, wild. Anybody. It's pretty wild. I don't know if we talked about it on the show at all, but just shout out to Justin Jefferson for like already technically making the Hall of Fame with that catch the other week. They put his gloves in his sleeves yeah. on the in the Hall of Fame, and his whole goal in the NFL is just to be in the Hall of Fame as a player. And like, he's honestly like pretty close. Like he's breaking all these like you know all these records for the first few seasons. Like if he if he gets a Super Bowl ring, he's he's like almost he might be a shoe in like. This only this far in, which is crazy. So yeah, yeah, no, he's a uh, he's he's really good. Yeah, we we have, uh, we both got good teams, Doug. It's a good feeling. I hate that you guys beat the shit out of us, but hey, I mean, it's just what it is. <laughs> I what I the, the one that makes me <laughs> laugh the most is it's been three years straight by three different quarterbacks. It's been Andy Dalton, Cooper Rush, and Dak Prescott. The Cooper Rush one definitely hurts the worst because that was like, <laughs> he's serious right now. Like, we're losing to this guy, but he plays remember, good. Remember the Zeke, the Zeke pass, and then Zeke got it to like the two, and then Cooper Rush threw it to Amari Cooper to finish the game. So I remember it. Yeah. But anyways, let's let's talk about Mr. CM Punk, the story that never ends, the elite, all this stuff. Um, 
So, so I've got some thoughts. Yeah, definitely. I, I have that. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Well, I just I got it some... today. So y'all keep calling me haters, but I'm still buying the merch. What's up? <laughs> I have some thoughts that I just, I don't know what to think as always with this stupid thing, but I'll say this. Um, when I watched that match, I was almost convinced he's coming back because mm -hmm. I felt like it was so heavy handed and it was so like over the top that if this was really ugly and you do not want to like, throw fuel on the fire you're maybe in the mix of a lawsuit you're maybe like you know it's just ugly it's a it's a dirty pass that we just want to move on from i don't think you do that in that match like and for people that didn't watch i mean kenny omega was biting to reference what happened with him and a steel the bucks botched the buckshot lariat on purpose to make fun of him for the hangman adam page stuff um, Kenny did the go to sleep when he was about to do his little Terminator flip. Uh, there were just a lot of references The they did a move and then they did the on their knees. So like, I just thought it was really over the top and it made me feel like, holy crap, is this going to work the entire time? And I, I have two theories. One, this has been a work the entire time. Or two, Tony Khan and the elite really hate CM Punk. And they don't care to make fun of him. Like, Tony Khan would have had to be all in of being like, oh, yeah, just rub it in his face. I could care less. Screw that guy. Like, it would have to be that, in my opinion. Because I don't think that they would just go out there without any approval and do that. Now, I know a lot of people do because they hate the elite and they think they're immature pricks and all this other stuff. But I feel like Tony definitely would have had to say yay or nay on that. So, what are your thoughts? Um, I think it's one of two things. And obviously, these are pretty, like, obvious options. But... Either I don't think it was the work from the start because I don't no, think I there's any reason to like have wait that long for Kenny to return and then wait that long for the trios titles and then have Punk bury the company the way that he did and the title and Hangman all that stuff like that that I don't think was a work at all. Um, I, I think that. it's possible it could become a work, of course, just like anything. Like if they can, if if cooler heads can prevail and they can try to make money off this, like we talked about with Brandon last week, then I think that. I think that's possible, but I think the most likely scenario, if I were, if I were a, a gambling man and I enjoyed putting wagers allegedly, on stuff, allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> I would say that I, I would put my money on this is Tony Khan and, and the elite saying FC on punk. Like we don't care what he thinks. Cause what's he going to do about it? What's he going to so do? Fight us? One more, one more thing though, that, uh -huh. They're saying that CM Punk wants a buyout on his contract. Mm -hmm. And Tony sure Khan is saying no. Yeah. Well, of course Punk so, does because like he wants to get all the money that he that he, he signed for. No, I agree, but like what is the alternative? You just sit him at home yep. and you don't pay him? Like you send him home and you do pay him. 
No, so so that's what I'm saying. But but why not just buy out his contract then if you just want to get it over with? Because then he's stuck not being able to work anywhere else, and you're really sticking it to him. I guess that is true. And, and depending on how long he signed, I mean, he could be stuck at home for two years, which means if he's done, right. he'll be 46, almost 47 years old by the time that it's over. Listen, I don't feel bad for, like, because there's going to be people that hear me say something like that, and they're going to be like, you know, because I'm usually generally, I'm like, I'm pro, like, the wrestling. Oh, I know you are. Like, you know, I know so. You are. So it's like, usually I'm not going to side with the company in these kind of scenarios, but like when it comes to something like this, where it's like, if your options are buy CM Punk's contract out, essentially letting him win. Okay. Here's, here's millions of dollars. all lump lump sum upfront. Here you go. And you can just go right over to the WWE right now, if you want to, like, why would they do that? Like, okay, we'll give you your money, but that you're owed and you signed for X amount of years and you'll get all that money over that amount of time just like is in your contract, but you won't have to wrestle for it. And Punk can get as mad about that as he wants to, but at the end of the day, he's get, I'm not going to feel sympathy for that, for that scenario. Just like like Twitter, when like Elon Musk came in and, and started firing people all of a sudden, people were like, yeah. oh my God, I can't believe what he's doing to these people. And then you find out they were paid out like 40 million a piece or whatever to leave. And it's like, I don't feel bad for those people. They just got paid $40 million to leave their jobs. Like, Okay, forty million. I don't know about that. That seems well, really well, the, the the two CEOs or whatever. The yeah, no, that's what I'm talking about. Like the yeah, like, yeah. like when he came in, he but these got people rid of, like, were making a hundred and sixty grand a year. They didn't even. They decided if they wanted a three hundred dollar lunch or if they wanted to be Ubered home. Like that was their decision every single day. They worked remote for the a lot of it. Like, and he fired almost. 75 percent of the staff and twitter has still been fully functional and just fine so it just yeah. goes to show you how hard they were working well and i'm not really talking i'm honestly not even really talking about i'm talking about like the like the the super high up tier people that like people like right when he came in he got rid of like three people that were like really towards the top and they got paid it was it was double digit millions like a piece to yeah. get bought out and it was like maybe it wasn't 40 it might have been like 20 or whatever it was but it was all it was millions and millions and millions of dollars to essentially take a severance of like you're not with the company anymore you don't have a job anymore you have no more you have no more income coming in i'm sorry but you're you're a multi 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 millionaire so it's like i don't really feel that bad and i feel i feel the same way about like uh cm punk where it's like yeah, you might be stuck at home and you might be frustrated and butthurt that you can't go wrestle for the WWE or whatever if you want to. But at the same time, you're getting all the money you're owed in your contract over the amount of time that was agreed to. The only difference is you're not on TV wrestling. Um, but, you yeah. know, that just is what it is. Um, and, and, of course, like, if you're CM Punk, of course you want that money. Why wouldn't you? You signed expecting that money. Um, Tony Khan was expecting him not to do what he did after all out and, and, and have a gigantic falling out with his company. So what do you do? I mean, you know, the best case scenario would be them figuring something out and getting him back on TV, at least for a few matches and, 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 and making money off of all of this would be the best case scenario. But I also think it's very possible that the elite just went out there with Tony Khan's approval, probably like you said, and they went out there and they were like, why do we care? If, like, even if CM come, even, even if CM Punk comes back, why would like, why would they? You know what I mean? What? Let me ask you this: What do they have to lose by doing it at all? Like, especially you know, if that bridge is burned. Yeah. Right. 
If that bridge is burned, there's nothing, there's nothing that he can do about it. You just have to deal with it. It's a shot that he has to, like, watch at home and be pissed off about. So, like, I get that part. Um, okay, so let's go the opposite direction. Let's mm-hmm. say that it is a work, mm-hmm. that they have now come to an agreement that he will come back after being injured. Um, I honestly think either scenario is okay. Like I don't, I don't love the idea of Punk coming back, but you can't tell me like, let's say the elites just like beating the crap out of somebody, and then his music hits, and nobody expects him to come back, and he comes and cleans house. Like that would be an incredible moment that people would be like, "Oh my god!" Yeah. And then if that set up CM Punk and Kenny Omega, yep, huge. that would be huge, right? Be huge. So like, yep. I'm not opposed to that either because. Yes, I don't like the drama and the beef and all that. And there's really some stuff like with Thunder Rosa, too, that's like it, there's there's like and then I don't know if you've seen the Brian Pillman and MJF back and forth as well. A little like, bit on Twitter, but not where, like lot. he talks about banging his fiance and all this other stuff. And it's just like, man, like well, Pillman Jr. saying that about MJF's current. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like, I didn't see gosh. that. I banged her before you and I know that she likes to moan and all this stuff. And I'm just like, Oh Ooh, man. Oh, that's yeah. Not... But yeah. Hey, if you're going to do it to anybody, it's kind of MJF's kind of fair game. Like as far as like he, what he'll say about other people, you know, it's kind of like, right. Right. You, you know, if, any, if anyone kind of deserves it, I'm just saying. Yeah. But I'm just, but so yeah, there's just like, I don't know. I just wish it wouldn't be so public, so obvious. Like they need to be more professional in a sense. But at the same time, like, like, do we have that same feeling in like the UFC? Like, we'll let guys oh, talk. Tr- like, we'll let guys oh. talk trash all day long, and they'll fight, and it'll be over with, and you move on. And they say some really uh, incredibly rude, hurtful things, and they're very vicious. And yet, it's just they'll fight and it'll be it'll be done with and we move on i don't know necessarily why pro wrestling is held to such a standard where it's like you have to be this certain way and especially if you're AEW, you're a different company right but i understand the one part i understand is you are on tbs and you do represent warner brothers and discovery or whatever so you can't just completely make a fool out of yourself either you know what i mean well i think it'd be this is kind of the best. This is all literally me thinking out loud as I'm coming up with this, but like maybe a good example would be something like back in the day when like, uh, like strike force, like let's say, because I know there's, there were times in your, like during your fandom where like you really didn't like Dana White and yeah, 100%. and let's, let's say, let's say you were like, I'm, I'm over UFC. Like I've had enough of this. Like there needs to be a real alternative and strike force comes along and they do what exactly what they did. Um, but as they're getting momentum, similar to AEW, the momentum's getting bigger and bigger. And now it's like, wow, Strike Force is like putting on real legitimate shows. And like Nick Diaz is like really selling tickets and like they're doing really good stuff, really big. And then Conor McGregor signs. And it's like, oh damn, now like we're actually competing, like in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like we're doing bigger arenas, we're doing this and that, and blah blah blah. And it's like everything's good. Conor McGregor's your champion of Strike Force. Now it's like looked at as, as 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 like a real a real alternative to the UFC. And now as a UFC fan, you don't even have to deal with the UFC anymore. You're just watching Strike Force because now for you that's where it's at. And then Conor McGregor right. turns around and says, "This company effing sucks. 
Like this dude yeah. sucks. This boss sucks. I don't want to fight this guy. I don't want to fight that guy. They're all worse than I am. No one's listening to any of my, I'm just going to go home. You'd be like, screw this guy. I finally found yeah. somewhere. Like I left the last place to get away from this bullshit. And now you're ruining with like you. And, and by the way, this is on the backs of everyone else. Like, the company's been here for multiple years now trying to get you and it was never good enough for you. You finally came in on everyone else's hard work and then still things got to this point. And that, that's, that's how, you know, I feel like you'd feel kind of the same way if it happened in MMA, we just haven't really had an example of it really to where, to where another company has been successful enough that, that it got to that point. You know what I mean? So, well, and it was interesting too, because like, you know, like Tito beef with Dana, but it was like long time, like he's always been part of the company, Randy Couture beef with Dana, like a lot of guys beef with Dana, but it wasn't like you had a lot of new people come in and then start stuff with Dana, you know what I mean? And so that's, that's the difference. Not only that, like Tony Khan was a huge fan of CM Punk, right? Yeah, for sure. So like he already was willing to like give him the moon and the stars. He was pretty much his and, first choice of like starting the company. He's my number one guy I want. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Like I'm sure, I'm sure he wanted the, the, the whole bullet club, like oh, all sure. those guys, they're free agents. And then if I can put CM Punk with that, that is where, you know, but it's also like they're trying to run Chicago and all, you know what I yep. mean? It's like, CM Punk was there. He was their guy. For, I mean, they had Cody like trying to court him at the beginning, and like everybody yep. was trying to get the young bucks. They would kind of joke about having his number and stuff. And it's like, and it was one of those things too, though, where like Punk, like if you just looked at the beginning, there were so many signs that Punk was going to be a problem, right? Like he called out Cody and basically said, like they didn't really give me a respectable offer. They didn't really offer. They were more so like hey, are you interested in joining? And they didn't actually put an offer on the table. And it's like, okay, that's just being ridiculous about it. Say, yes, I am. What are you guys, what are you guys looking at? What do, let's talk numbers. Okay. Dude, but it's like reason you have want to that. talk to the mighty CM Punk and yeah. you have to present an offer to me. And then not only that. I have to wait and see if you're successful. Right. I'm not putting my name on the line. I'm not going out there and trying to get this thing over if you guys aren't good enough. So I'm going to wait and see if you can be good enough during a freaking pandemic, right? Mm -hmm. When they really could use him. And he's just like, yeah, well, I guess you guys made it okay. So we'll go ahead and, I, I will I will go ahead and grant you uh, my presence, but you will have to pay me the moon and the stars for me to show up there. Like, yeah. there there were things that we ignored because we wanted that superstar type status that Punk could bring, and it did. But I, but honestly, like if you go back, I mean, Rampage was a huge success when he showed up. One point two million people, all this stuff or whatever. And then it just like slowly declined because it was like that that idea of punk coming in once he was actually there, it didn't entice the same group of people. I think so much of that was watched because there was no confirmation that punk was actually coming in. People were tuning in just to be like, because there were a lot of people that said like, that's not happening. You're crazy. He will not go there. And then he showed up. Right. And that was that was a big one. 
And and it will go down as one of the biggest moments in AEW history. For sure. Right? Huge. Like, they, they sold out the, the freaking, was the United Center or whatever it was. They sold that place out. They, I mean, it was an incredible moment. But, man, yeah. did that thing go south. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and also a big thing with, like, this is obviously me just speculating, and I have a bit of a bias here, you know, but, like, I think that, and I think there's proof of this. Like when you said earlier about um, CM Punk seemingly to like really highlight the the idea that like there was no formal offer given to him when AEW was starting. It's like, okay, what did you do once a formal offer was made to you when it actually was? You took that formal offer and you went and used it as leverage to see what the WWE would offer you against it. You know what I mean? Like, I think that, he would have done this. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm sure he would want a, a formal offer from AEW, you know, three years ago. So he'd go back to the WWE and be like, hey, if you're interested, this is how much I'm worth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's all, it's all, I mean, I'm not saying it shouldn't be about business. At the end of the day, pro wrestling really is. I mean, like, you need to be smart about making as much money as you can while you can in wrestling. But, like, I think it's pretty proven this guy's only out for himself and only really cares about himself. I mean, even look at look at all of his best best friends and where they're at now and their his own personal relationships it's like i it clear you know what i mean it's just like what more do i have to say look at look at him and, and cole cabana and their relationship and stuff and it's just like it reminds you know, me how does it like, even get like that way it reminds me did you see the challenge that connor put out today connor mcgregor yeah no Challenge? He challenged he challenged Artem to meet him at the gym at 10 30 tonight and they're gonna fight. Like he's like, if you show up, he's like, we'll fight. Like because him and Artem have had yeah, a falling out and Artem that. sued him. So Connor's like, just show up at the gym, the SVG gym, and at 10 30. And he's like, I'll be ready to spark you. So 10 30, what times it's eleven thirty my time right now. Like 10 30 your time, like right now. I know. 1030 is what Connor said. Like, I don't know if it's I don't know is that Ireland time. Yeah, yeah, whatever that is. But someone please let me know when that is because I would love to see because I, mean, I don't, know if, Artem's, I don't know if Artem's gonna actually show up, but I'm just saying, like, that was a I mean, he flew down it, to defend Artem's honor against Khabib. That whole bus incident is because Khabib attacked Artem, yeah. and now look at it, you know. So like we see friends fall out due to business things. And so, I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate, but it definitely happens. And I think yeah. Connor's really toxic as well. And you can't tell me right now that guy's not on steroids. There is a oh, reason shit. that he's not in that Yasada pool. He's about 205 right now. He is absolutely enormous. And I there's no there's no way he ever makes 155 again. Yeah. No way. Well, they're saying it's gonna take, yeah, like half a year before they'll even consider letting him test to to come back which that which and you have to be in the pool for six months which means he's out for an entire year if that's the case like he's he's not gonna fight again probably not and but i on the flip side uh in what in very exciting news um nathan diaz is a free he's agent free officially agent. and yeah. jake paul's already put it out there on twitter like i've got the contract ready i got the venue ready I got the date ready all you got to do is sign yeah so i know I think we'll Jake Paul. I think Jake Paul and Nate Diaz is going to happen. I think that'll be the next. I think that'll be the next Jake Paul fight. 
unless that stupid fury fight happens which i just it's such a waste of time it is and jake knows it's a waste of time tommy fumbles has had his chance um yep. it's it's it, he jake's on to bigger and, and more like people might say tommy fury is a real boxer and he needs to fight a real boxer finally and stuff but like the money and the attention and everything, the excitement is with. I think fight. I think Tommy Fury's only had fights that go four rounds too. He's a real boxer, but he's never even gone past four rounds. Wait, Maybe so one. Wait, he hasn't gone past that, or like like the fights like are only four round fights. fights. Yeah, he's only four round fights. Oh wow! Because I was gonna say it's impressive if he's like stopping people in four and like a ten round fight, but like no, I've never seen him stop anybody. Like, well, I haven't watched any of his stuff. I just I just heard he's like just he's bad, super like average. Yeah, he's very average. He's not good. Like the whole idea of it is just nonsense. I think Jake crushes him. Yeah, he's just living off his brother's name uh alexander thank you for the super chat man i appreciate it uh there was a interview on renee's podcast with stokely stokely said the firm was supposed to feud with cm punk but stokely said punk is no longer with the company is it possible that punk was let go um i i don't i don't i really don't think he's let go because i don't because like they said they said tony doesn't want to pay his his uh severance or whatever they don't want to pay out his contract so I think he's sitting at home. I wonder though if like it gets to a point to where he's just so frustrated he just calls and just like let's figure something out. Like I'll work these dates, whatever. Or if Tony's just like you can go to hell. Like I, I, I really don't know the extent of it. I, I have to feel like Tony Khan feels absolutely betrayed by CM Punk. Though. Same. And I just don't know if he will ever want to do business with that guy again he sat next to him literally right next to him was pointing at him was like i work with freaking children he's like pointing like at i know he's talking about like the elite for a lot of it and and hangman but like he's like pointing at tony like half the time it felt like and it's like it's like he put tony in a really really bad position yes and i don't think tony really realized how bad it looked until after it was over same and then then it was just like oh my god like wow it it hit him a little bit later during some of the during like that night because by the time he was like well by the time he was like if the wwe is going to try to do shows in the same weekend as me i'm not going to take that shit like this is like dude you're you're like uh you're feeling pressed right now like yeah yeah i agree like and it was just random just like yeah It's like you're oh. gonna make less of a man of me in front of my own company. I'm gonna show yeah. you guys who's boss. It's like it's he's probably got like a he's probably like looking at a text and just being like CM Punk and Elite got into a fight. Punk's injured. He's out for next nine months. And Tony's just like, <laughs> and they bring up the WWE and he's just like had it. Like yeah. that's it. I've had enough. That's exactly what happened. That's so yeah. funny. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I don't know if it means, and thank you. Yes. I was in for the super chat very much. Um, I, I don't think it necessarily means that he's like, go, but we have to also keep in mind is we don't know what CM Punk's contract looked like. Cause I agree. where, where, where things could get really murky and potentially really bad for Punk is if he signs some sort of deal that has like a lengthened time attached to it, but he's getting paid per appearance somehow. So like, huh, let's, huh. so like, you know what I mean? Let's say CM Punk, when he decided to sign, he's like, yeah, like, I don't, 
I don't know how many matches I'm going to be able to do, how I'm going to be, how I'm going to feel, how how good this right. company, real, if, how big I am compared to this company. So like, you'll pay me every time I appear, but it's going to be like a million dollars, like every time I show up or whatever. And I'm committed for two years or whatever, you know. Yeah. And, and let's just say like it's something like that where they're like, so Tony Constant, you're going, well, we only have to pay you if you're wrestling. And he's like, well, I want out then. And he's like, well, we have you for two years. And he's like, well, I want to get paid because I'm because you told me I was getting paid for two years. It's like, but you're only getting paid if you wrestle, you know? So like, I don't, I, I, I doubt CM Punk in the, I'm sure he has plenty of attorneys and lawyers and stuff that go over his contract. I doubt he would agree to something like that, but I'm just saying we don't know the ins and outs of his deal. Like it might be more complicated than just he signed for X amount of dollars over X amount of years. There could be like similar to an NFL contract. There could be a lot of incentives worked in there that he would have clearly gotten like certain players who it's like, if you get X amount of tackles, you get X amount of more money. And it's like, well, these are numbers you're going to definitely hit. And that's just the way of the team figuring ways of paying you. So like CM Punk might've been like that, where it's like, you know, it's a formality basically that I'm going to make this amount of money over this amount of years. But it's, it was assumed that he was going to be on the show during that time. So like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I had another question for you that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. Like, I've definitely heard them talk about, like, he could possibly go back to the WWE. But the way that that whole thing went down on on Dynamite, I kind of feel like Regal's done. Maybe. It was interesting how how they kind of, like... But it's also really on character for the whole MJF story, how this has played out, too. So, like, it's hard to... But, like, if if you were going to do an exit strategy... He could help MJF, and then Moxley could tell him to go, never come back, or I'll kill you, or whatever. And then, like, he's just gone. Like, he just he helped MJF win because I never liked the idea of him and MJF together. I don't think MJF needs him. I really don't. It doesn't make a lot of sense. And now they're talking about, um, they're talking about like he might be going back to the WWE. I think I got rid of the thing in the chat. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's possible that he would go back to WWE. I think it's definitely possible. I don't think that Triple H ever would have released him if he, you know, was in charge. So that definitely makes sense to me uh, if that's what they wanted to do. But like, I just, if, if you don't have him in the Blackpool Combat Club and if MJF doesn't need him, yeah, and, and to me also, it puts Moxley over as well. That where it's like he's so threatened by Moxley that he literally leads the company because of what he did. But I also feel like there should be some type of explanation, like yeah. why he did what he did. Well, and on top of it, it's like the Danielson stuff comes off as very strange in the middle of the two of them, and I feel like there's a lot that's left there. And also, if Regal's leaving, I I don't think that Tony would have made him such an integral part of MJF winning the title. If it was just going to be like, like he won the title with with Regal's brass knuckles, like that's pretty huge. Like for that yeah. to just be like, and then he, all right, cool, we'll 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 basically put you over, at like helping the world champion win this big title belt, and then just go on over to the WWE. It's kind of just kind of weird. I feel like if that was the case, he'd already be back. Like they would have worked something out to where he would have been at War Games. You know what I mean? Like, well, and it's interesting because he he, apparently he signed a three year deal, and it sounds like Dave Meltzer is reporting that something is going on. 
Like it's it, it it could be that he's he's asked for his release or something's going on in that aspect. So make I make a trade. Let's see a trade. Yes. Okay, who do you want? You get re well, it depends on what they're trying to do with Regal and WWE. So like I mean, I, I'd assume he'd be like the backstage guy again, like Triple H's right hand man. That's probably why he would want to go back. Plus his son's there. Um and he's he's looking pretty good. Um so like there's a lot yeah, of reasons Regal would want back. Yeah. Um, but you maybe I don't know who you get in return. Like a uh it's weird because Regal's not really I mean, you could use Regal's on air talent again, and I think Triple H would, but he wouldn't be a wrestler. So it's like I don't know. I don't know exactly. But Regal would be worth some wrestlers if you like had some guys or like maybe one person who you're not really doing anything with. Um, that AEW sees value in that they might be able to do something with. I don't I don't what really about, know. What about like Mustafa Ali? Yeah, something like that would probably be really smart for everybody because Ali's wanted out for a while. He'd have a fresh start in AEW and he'd fit in there with, with the way he can wrestle. And AEW, WWE's not really doing much with him. And yeah. WWE would get a huge asset again in Regal. Like, so something like that, I think, would actually make a lot of sense. He's also from Chicago, so you could kind of reestablish that brand. Yeah. So, but I would love to see some trades now. I think that would be badass. In Triple H, you know, after a Survivor Series in his in his post uh, post show uh, media like uh, interviews yeah. he was doing, um, it was it was refreshing to hear some of the stuff he was saying there too because he just seems he just seems very open to listening to what the fans are saying because he's talking about like taking away like the TLC pay per view and like the Hell in a Cell pay per view and all this stuff which is like the fans which the fans have been saying for a long time like you know and and I feel like Triple H. If there, if there was ever a time for someone to be open to the idea of talking to other companies, if you're the head of the WWE and potentially making trades, I think now is like the perfect time to do that. Like there's almost like a reset period right now where it's like Triple H is in charge now. If you were disgruntled and left WWE, but you were a Triple H guy and you only left because you, you weren't part of Vince's plans, now is kind of your opportunity of like, if you don't like AEW or whatever it is, maybe now's a good time to make your voice known a little bit and say like, Hey, I'm not saying necessarily to do this, but I'm just saying like, hypothetically speaking, like now's kind of the time. Like if you're just Ronald and WWE and you still want out and there's a potential there of like Paul or triple H I've really wanted out for a long time. Like I know so-and-so and this other company's wanted out like from where they're at and they want back here. Like, you know, I mean, you most likely have agents deal with this, not the actual wrestlers themselves having to go to Triple H and deal with this. But my, you know what I mean? My point is like, there are wrestlers that clearly want it out of AEW. There are clearly wrestlers that still want out of WWE. Yeah. If Tony and Triple H would just talk to each other, they could probably come up with some deals that would make sense for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, and like Nakamura's doing Noah, right? So yeah, like they're awesome. definitely more open to something like that. Uh, but yeah, and what he said about the pay per views made a lot of sense about like how you know you don't challenge somebody to a money in the bank, right? You don't challenge somebody to an elimination chamber, but a hell in the cell was always one of those that was like, This is this is the way we end our feud, you know, we've done the back and forth for a while, and now it's going to be hell in the cell. And luckily, it kind of worked out for Cody and Seth, right? Because it was their third match, and it fit and everything. So, um, but it's usually a much more visceral, like 
we hate each other. It's time to really settle our score, hell in the cell, and that's the end. And I think that was one of the problems, too, when Cody left, Seth attacked him. And it was like, no, no, this should be over. Like, you had a hell in the cell. Like, this should not continue. So I don't think that stuff like that would have happened under Triple H's watch. And when it comes to Cody, like, I mean, you think we're, we're close? Like, January definitely is happening. Royal Rumble? Yeah, it's happening. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm good. I'm confident. Cody's coming That's back. Good. He's winning the Rumble. And that's going to be all in their hands as far as if they're going to actually pull the trigger and have him win that title at WrestleMania or not. I know there's a lot of people out there that are really on the Sami Zayn bandwagon. I get yeah. it. I, th- I think Ariel what he's Hawani. doing. I'm Mark. Okay, this guy. <laughs> okay. Okay, Ariel. You know, I love you, man. I have a, dude, I have a Ariel Hawani. This is on my desk in my office. Like, I went to his, his first ever live show in Chicago, went all the way from Nashville to Chicago. Like, I, y'all know how I feel about Ariel. Big fan, longtime fan. Was a fan of him before he was anybody, really. Like, you know, yeah. he's, he's an original. Like, people don't realize, like, he was essentially a YouTuber and then, like, really made it and then, like, is now coming back to kind of being like a YouTuber. Um, yep. But that said, he just, he just doesn't get it when it comes to some stuff in wrestling. And, yep. um, and I, I, I think that with, with Sami Zayn, I think that it's, it's the best story going in wrestling right now. Like I, I love what they're doing with Sammy in the bloodline. I think it's incredibly entertaining and I think it's going to lead to Sammy and Roman for the title, yep. but I think it's happening before WrestleMania. I don't Royal think, Rumble. right. And people are comparing it to like Brian Danielson and like his big, his big WrestleMania 30 build and eventually winning the title and the fans were behind him or like Kofi mania and that kind of stuff. And it's like, I get the similarities there, but there's no way you just change course on the, on Cody leaving AEW, the company he started to go back to win the world title in the WWE. But here's the other thing people aren't taking enough into account is I know I don't have some, but as Vince was in charge when Cody signed and things probably might have changed and now things have changed and this and that and blah, blah, blah. Don't forget, Triple H is a gigantic mark for Dusty Rhodes and owes him a lot. And I think to him also, Cody winning that title was a big win for Dusty. Like, I think there's a lot of reasons for Cody to win this championship belt. So, anyway, go ahead, Doug. Go ahead, go ahead and uh, ran on my parade here with whatever you're about to say about all this. I just want to know... How would you feel towards the company if Sami Zayn is the one to dethrone Roman Reigns? Well, I'm really trying to process the idea of that. <laughs> Listen, I'd be happy for Sami because the story has been fantastic. Yeah. But after all this time, it's got to be Cody. It just has to. There's no. I'm, other choice. I'm, 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 so here's the thing. The fan base never really oh, got. So this is a moronic, moronic. I rarely ever say that in our chat. This is a bad comment. Anyways, <laughs> Cody didn't start uh, AEW. Okay. I, I, my concern is, is was Cody around long enough to establish himself with the WWE audience that they would be willing to forego a Sami Zayn type storyline that they've been fully invested in for over a year. Well, see what, what I'm afraid of happening is Cody coming back and them turning on him like they did in AEW because they want Sammy now instead. 
that, that happen. And it, and that if that I does happen, I don't, I don't know if he gets it. Um, I also think that I, I'm just. I'm just saying it's kind of all for nothing if, if it isn't Cody. Like that, if if it isn't Cody, I would consider it a. I'll just try to say it. It was a bad decision to go back to WWE if it isn't him. I'll like, agree with that. Like that was like that's the whole point to go back to the WWE is to win the title at this WrestleMania. Like that's the whole. But thing. it's not. It's not just. Yeah, it's not just to win the title. It's to be the one to defeat to Roman, Roman Reigns. It's yeah. to be the one to win it at WrestleMania. To to like complete the legacy. All that. It's his story that needs to be completed. And I think if they don't do it, it is a huge slap in the face. But I also think they have known that this dude slapped them in the face. And what better way to pay him back? Than to be like, oh yeah, you think you're getting this? Uh-uh. Nope. So that that concerns me. And man, like the when when Brian Danielson had that momentum, or Daniel Bryan had that momentum, like it just took over everything. And same and same thing with even like Kofi Mania. Like everybody wanted that. And now it's like if Sammy's in that same position, I I don't know, man. I don't know if Cody can make it. Yeah, I'm I'm just gonna stay true to this because here's the thing: I I if Cody somehow doesn't win the Royal Rumble, then something is like very wrong. I think it's possible Cody wins the Royal Rumble and something happens between the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania where they change their mind. I think it is possible, but I don't think there's any way Cody comes back. Or sorry, I think it's a foregone conclusion Cody's gonna win the Royal Rumble. And then whatever they do from there is on them. But, um, and I'll, I'll get to this real quick. I appreciate the, uh, I appreciate this guy being in the chat. Cause I, cause I understand the points he's trying to make. And I'm, I'm I was just kind of kidding when I brought up the, co- the comment before being a bad comment. I'm just a giant Mark for Cody. And I see you're new to the chat, or at least we haven't seen you in the, in this, in the comments before. Um, he, he's basically saying Cody just basically set up all in, and like people have wanted an alternative and indie wrestlers want an alternative. Of course. I mean, I, I cover independent wrestling for Fightful. I've done it for years. I'm very aware of, of wanting alternatives in wrestling and the indie scene and all that stuff. Um, do you know how many people have attempted to do what they did with all in and been completely unsuccessful? Like it's happened so yeah. many times, hundreds of times, if not literally thousands that they've like, but hardly ever with that, that kind of backing, but like, it's been attempted a lot of times and until Cody left WWE, I'm sorry, but there, there wasn't that level of buzz to do something like this. Like when he linked up with the bucks and Omega, then like it was them collectively, but Cody was a gigantic piece of that. And then, and that's, and if that doesn't happen, Tony Khan doesn't start AEW. So like, Cody very much, and of course he, of course he started AEW. He's one of the EVPs from from day one in the company. So like, if, let's say if the elite were out, but but like Jericho was in, do you think that Tony Khan does AEW? Like if it was Omega, Jericho, and Cody. So no, it? so Omega, the Bucks, um, Cody all went to WWE. Ed, but Jericho is in for AEW. 
And then I, they got like, you know, Joey Janela's and whatever else that they were signing. Do you think mm, that they would do it? I, I think you would need at least one of those other. You'd need either the Bucks and or Omega and or Cody. Mainly you would need probably Omega or the Because I don't think they would get Hangman either. But let's say they get well, MJF. They get MJF and they get Jericho. My 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 issue is is more the they're they I think the company would have potentially been successful with like with that roster, but too I think too much of the core fan base of everyone who was willing to initially take a chance on all in and on AEW when it started. Like the fans like us who like I literally like went into a corner during New Year's Eve, like to watch the BTE when they revealed the AW logo and stuff. You know what I mean? Like like the fans like us, that that all those fans aren't there if it's Jericho. Like I'm like some some are. Like like I am. Jericho's my favorite wrestler ever. And but like not only that, like I don't think you sell those figures like you would. Because you've been dying to get elite figures. The first line is Cody, Kenny, the Bucks, Brandy, and uh, Jericho. And, like, if if it was just Jericho, it's like, well, we've got a bunch of Jerichos. Like, we're good. You know what I mean? Like, I I think – my point is I don't think people are giving the credit of what the elite was with Cody and all that. Like, they were a phenomenon. They changed the wrestling world. Well, they also did all the recruiting. Like Tony yes. Khan, you know, knew all these wrestlers because he's a giant wrestling smart forever. Well, just like we are. He's around our age. He's the same, you know, he's like we are, you know, been the lifelong mark for wrestling, which is awesome. But like yep. Jericho is the one who can pick up the phone and call uh, John Moxley and say, Hey, like this thing's for real. You know, like like there's there there's and here's the thing. It's it's where like I think, like, I think that AEW would have been successful with, like, without Jericho at the beginning, but it was way more successful with him as a part of it. Like, I think Jericho was a big, a big key of, like, the legitimacy in the fans' eyes of even just, like, the casual viewer being, like, what's AEW? Who's on the show? Wait, they have Jericho? Okay. Like, if Jericho's associated, it has to be for real. Um, But I think if it was, like, Jericho just starting the company and then, like, like I said, it's just I think I think that the elite was just it, it, Cody included it in that. Like Cody, the Bucks, and Omega, they it's it's hard to understand if you weren't like living through that time period and like really paying attention like we were. But like they had their own fan base, like and yeah. that's what the AEW that's what the core of what AEW's original fan base is is it's it's the fans like us that were were buying the bullet club merchandise and going and paying for, for tickets to go see them live and, and watching all the BTE episodes and tweeting about it all the time. And like being like, these guys are awesome. They're thinking about starting their own company. Okay. Like I'm in from day one on that because it's going to be something totally different or at least. And then once again, the recruiting aspect, like to get all these guys you got at the beginning of the, of the, when the company started, I don't think just Tony Khan could have done that. I think he, the wrestlers needed to trust all the wrestlers. Like there, there would have been too many people that would have been too skeptical. I think to, if, if some 30 something year old billionaire came up to them and was like, Hey, I'm a lifelong fan of wrestling. I used to be on the message boards all the time. And I'm always tweeting about wrestling. And you know, my, my dad owns the Jaguars, all that stuff. And I'm starting a wrestling company. They're like, you got a lot of money, but like, 
don't know if I really trust this or not. But then like Jericho and Cody come along and they're like, oh no, like we're we're in this and like we're we're the EVPs of this thing. So like even if even if this guy doesn't know what's going on, he has enough money to where like we know what's going on and we can make it work with this guy's money. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like yeah. it's uh it's just one of those things where I I, I understand that it wasn't solely Cody. Like I can't like, give Cody full credit, obviously, for for AEW starting, but um, I don't think AEW is nearly the success that it is like to this day without Cody being a part of it at the beginning. He's just as he's just as important to it as as I think the Young Bucks and Kenny were to starting it, who I who I think is are the most important pieces of this, outside of course of Tony Khan having the money to fund all of this, which is obviously important, but but a different a different thing. Also, I wanted to mention real quick before I forget. So, New Japan is doing Wrestle Kingdom Night 2, but they are doing it in January 21st, which is on the weekend. And a lot of people are thinking that this is the New Japan's Forbidden Door with AEW. Like in New, J- like New Japan will run the show, but it'll have AEW versus New Japan just on their sh- on their platform versus AEW's. Yes. That'd, be, that'd be dope. I would love. That's actually. I didn't. To be honest, I hadn't even considered the idea of of rest of of a uh, New Japan running Forbidden Door, but it would it would totally make sense for them to switch off which company did yes. it. Yes. So, yeah. because if you look at the Wrestle Kingdom that they have right now, like that pretty much covers what's going on with current storylines, and then like it's like the first week of January, and then this one's in January twenty first. And like I said, it falls on a weekend when the other one like falls on like a Tuesday, Wednesday or whatever. So just an interesting thought that uh, we might be getting another forbidden door, but in Japan. Yeah, I love the idea. I hope I hope that's what happens. Um, what, sorry, so, what was what was the date on that again? I think like, it's January 21st. January 21st. So it'd be like within the same month as Wrestle Kingdom, though. It, it's Wrestle Kingdom Night Two, is what. Oh, that's called. right. That's what they're called. Wait, so Wrestle Kingdom Night One is that at the beginning of the year still? Yes. Like, yes. Okay. That's it. That's so strange. So they're they've doing... announced another date, but it's going to be on the twenty first. That's actually. I mean, I like that though. I think that's better than doing the back to back night nights like. I agree because, like, like, yeah. Well, I mean, for them, it really doesn't matter because they're not allowed to cheer. But like, just in general, like. The audience is tired. They've seen already a spectacular show, and then you're going to give them another night the next day. And it, like, just speaking from myself, like when I went to Mania, it's like same venue, same parking lot, same set, same everything, back to back. That night too, it just didn't come, feel special at all compared to night one. Like night one, you're like, oh my god, I'm here at WrestleMania. This is awesome. Night two, you're just kind of like okay let's get this over with you know like that's kind of the way it was we already saw steve austin come out of retirement last night i don't know how i can really get that cody rhodes yeah cody rhodes show up you know yeah needed to get bill a counseling session all the way home like i was right there with him man i mean i marked out once it sunk in that it was really like happening in front of me but yeah, um, I was in straight up denial up until that music hit. Like he's even, still not. Ha- I mean, he's still upset about it. Like, to this day, he just Dude, won't let it go. I'm gonna be furious if he doesn't win the world title. <laughs> like, like I'm gonna be all right this for him. that. All this for that. 
Oh, if he, oh, if he, if he left AEW and, and he doesn't win the WWE World Title at WrestleMania, then because I mean that was literally the story that was planted the second he came back was like cutting these promos about Dusty and bringing the essentially bringing the title. It's the exact story I was talking about before he joined the WWE again, where I was like. Yep. It's, I bet you, a big motivation. And y'all can go back and find these episodes. I've talked about this a lot. I was like, I bet a big reason Cody's going to, if he goes back to the WWE, it's going to be because he never won the WWE title in a Rhodes. Neither Dusty or Dustin have ever won that title. And it was probably a really big deal for Dusty to one day see Cody win that championship. And Dusty died, but but Cody could take that title and still bring it to his grave and say, like, Dada won it. And he's basically cut that exact promo. He's calling it the big one. The whole reason he's even saying in, in interviews he's doing he's when people ask him he's or even on twitter and instagram when he just comments on stuff randomly he'll be like the bucks isn't the reason i left kenny's not the reason i left tony khan's not the reason i left i left for personal reasons and i have to go win the big one well i have the chance and to him the big one is winning the wwe championship and by the way by absolutely just nitwit booking in aew which i rarely ever say because i love aew but it was nitwit booking to box them into a corner right off the bat that Cody couldn't win the AEW World Championship. That screwed him over yeah. massively. But yeah. see, I, I think that was more Cody's idea than anybody's, though. I, really I agree, don't but like even Tony if it Tony was, came up with that, you got to say no. Yeah, exactly. Or that, yeah. You got to come up with a creative way to get him out of it, whether that means yeah. he had to turn heel or whatever. You had to come up with a way to get him out of it, and the reason that you would do it is because MJF turned on him. And so it's like, I never got a fair shake. I never lost, like, he threw in the towel. Like, that's what happened. I didn't make that decision. There has to be a loophole. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. Especially now, had things played out and they, like, stuck with, stuck course and, like, MJF's the champion now. Imagine MJF MJF. and Cody now. Oh, my God. I would... I would take that over Ricky Starks and MJF. That's for oh, sure. Absolutely, and I like Ricky, yeah. but like not not like yeah. It's not like, yeah. it's not that it, it, in the and just draw wise. If it's Cody and MJF at Winter Is Coming, like I'm buying the ticket. I will be there. You know, like MJF and Ricky Starks. Like I don't watch on TV. You know what I mean? Like this is the way I feel. So yeah, I I, I think that you can't underestimate star power and. Cody was a big star, and I think it definitely is hurt that that's another one. Yep, Sting I think Cody, that's one of my biggest what-ifs ever in wrestling history right there. Even if it was a tag match, even if Cody found a tag team partner and it was Sting and Darby versus Cody and, like, something. Like, how know? did we never get Cody with the bleach blonde hair that he already has with, like, the colorful Sting face paint, like, versus Sting? Like <laughs> we, got, we got CM Punk instead. Yeah, we did. We really did. <laughs> And and it was awesome, but in hindsight, it's like really wish that was anyone else. Um, I saw they made like the like Lego looking figures for that with like with the paint. Um, I don't know what those things are called. You might know, but they're like these action. They're yeah. they're, they're more like vinyl figure looking things, but they're like they look like big Legos almost. And um, I mean, I'll say I'll I'll buy a CM Punk figure like if AEW ever puts one out with him in that base paint. But I feel like it they probably won't be like putting out more CM Punk action. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think we're getting the CM Punk ring of honor. I don't think we're getting the CM Punk Supreme. Although in my opinion, the CM Punk ring of honor still yeah. makes sense because it's previous. It has nothing to do with current. So you're just buying it because of that. And 
I don't know who all gets the money, right? Does AEW get a lot of that money? Does CM Punk get the money? Like, how does that work? When I'd be fine with them both making a ton of money off of those. Like, I'm not against CM Punk making money. Obviously, I, I said they should pay him while he sits at home. But, but I, but I, like, I think that should be a non-factor, honestly. Like, if if, if AEW has the rights to where they're able to make a Ring of Honor CM Punk figure, they, did they definitely should. They did huh? with Cody. They could have absolutely canceled the Supreme and all that stuff with Cody, and they didn't do it. And how much does that speak to some stuff, though? You know what I mean? Like, I agree. There, like, there was really. It doesn't seem like there was really a falling out between AEW and Cody. I mean, I'm sure there's some some bad blood there in in some places, but like, it's been pretty cordial for the most part. Like, yeah. So hey, I Cody's can understand. kind of gone out of his way to try to make people realize that hey, we're good. Like I, I only can retweets there because I had to win the big one. Yeah, like, it, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and uh, and you know, and they're even putting Cody in the video game still. So it's like, you know, there, there's clearly like CM Punk. We're over here like. I saw like his figures have been discounted. I saw Amazon had his, had his figure for like 10 bucks today online. Like, yeah. I mean, they're like, so they're under the assumption of just like, yeah, just, just take them while they're out. But like, like just get, a, just get rid of these punk figures while they're out. I think, I think you'll be a sleeper collector figure though. I really do. Like, like three or four years from now, I think his figures will be very popular. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'll buy one, one, I haven't been to the stores in a minute, but like whenever I come across his like Walmart exclusive, um, for like for like retail prices, I've seen some that have been marked up a little bit. But like, if I come across one, if I if I come across four of them, I'll probably buy all four for like that exact reason. I'll display one, I'll take the rest, put them in a box, and just forget about them for like ten years, and then, um, you know, try to make some money off them. Yeah. Awesome, Thanks, Chris. Thanks for the super chat. I appreciate it. Evening, guys. In regards to full gear, not the best pay per view, but still very good. That's almost two straight years of solid pay per views for AEW. Honestly, I'm just curious. What what didn't you like, Chris? Because I thought it was a pretty damn good pay per view. Um, but I, I did yeah, too. So I really enjoyed it, and I think I, I personally think, and this this comes across as bias or markish or whatever. But like, when it comes to pay per view, I don't know if there's ever been like a three year run, four year run, whatever it's been since they've been around ever when it comes to pay-per-view in pro wrestling history, like their stuff has been amazing. Yeah. So many memorable matches, so many great moments. Like I think AEW pay-per-view is absolutely can't miss. So I, I'm all, I'm all about their pay-per-views. Completely agree. I think every single one of them has been worth the money. So, um, but I understand too, like people can have their own opinions on like, you know, your favorites and stuff like that which i have no problem with um but i've always felt like the money that i've spent on on aw pay-per-views has been has been well spent um and yeah. i would agree too that i don't think any company honestly i don't think any company in history from like an act wwf like there were obviously points in like the like the late yes. 90s where it was ultra hot like you had to you had even i i, I couldn't even watch the pay-per-views because my family had no way of like getting like we didn't have like the box to even like buy pay-per-view but I was so into it, you know, like so many others. I'd watch the scrambled screen and like listen to JR and commentary and stuff because that's how invested you were. You you needed to know what was happening. Um, but I don't think when you're looking at like in-ring product, I, I think that this is the best stretch in wrestling history. If like one company in their pay-per-views, I think AEW has has the best uh like 
yeah, like I, I guess we do like a three a three year period of time of any professional wrestling company in history. I think that AEW has the best overall when you're talking in ring product and like paying off long term stories as well. I think AEW pay per views have been the best straight. I mean, like if you just think about like all the double or nothings, even the Forbidden Door, the Full Gears, like the Revolutions. I mean, Revolution before the pandemic is like one of the best pay-per-views ever. And then the next revolution or like two years later or whatever with punk and MJF was incredible. Like Adam Cole, Adam page. And I mean, there's so many good things that have happened. And I mean, like I said, that forbidden door pay-per-view was so good. Like there's, there's, it's going to be a tough year to figure out match of the years and all that stuff. Cause there's been a lot of really good stuff for sure. Also speaking of, uh, we're talking about some pay-per-views. I do need to talk a little bit about survivor series war games. Cause I did put it yes. in the title of the video and there was some good stuff on there. While I'm By doing the way, that, we apologize for not even bringing it up last week. We forgot. Totally it was forgot. Yep. Totally forgot. Normally we like to at least cover it, preview it, read the card. And I had no idea. And then Steven messaged me, like, I don't know, next day or something. He's like, man, we didn't even talk about Survivor Series. Like, oh, wow, I totally forgot it's this week. So, yeah. And me too. I, I, I had, and same with Brandon. None of us brought it up. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Whatever that's. And we still so. were able to cover like two and a half hours. It was a really good conversation. If you guys haven't watched it, go check that out from last week. But, sure. yeah, I had. I, I didn't even think about it. And honestly, I'll be honest with you guys, I didn't watch it. So I don't know. But Steven watched it, so he's going to fill us in. I'll kind of react to what happened. Yeah, and we, this won't be super long. This will maybe be 10 minutes or so, then we'll we'll get out of here and end the show. Um, but okay. I do want to talk a little WWE. I uh, I also, um, just because this is interesting to me, um, this reality creator, he um, he thinks Cody's an average wrestler and, and, and not very entertaining. Maybe should have stuck to promoting or producing. Or and producing. Um, just out of curiosity, in the chat, can you just tell me some wrestlers that you consider to be like good or above average and like very entertaining? Just just so I can get a gauge of like your compare. Like I want to see who you're comparing Cody to. I'm just curious. Um, so when it comes to uh, Survivor Series War Games, yeah, obviously the big thing. I'm just gonna start right at, at the top, and then maybe we'll talk some other stuff. But the the actual like the men's uh, War Games match at the end of the show. Yeah. Oh, uh, was I thought it was really good. Both were almost 40 minutes long. The men and the women's war games matches were, were both almost 40 minutes. So um really uh real I mean really, really good stuff in, in both matches, in my opinion. Um but the the story that they that they've been telling with the bloodline and with Sammy, like going into this match to to fill you in kind of on the story, Sam, yeah. uh Ke- Kevin Owens like approached Sami Zayn last week on WWE TV, I think it was on SmackDown. And um, he basically stopped Sami Zayn as he was coming into the arena and basically told him like, hey, the bloodline is going to turn on you. Like we all see it coming. You need to turn on them first is basically what he told him. And Jey Uso was like, heard this all happening from like behind a door and then confronted Sammy about it pretty much right after and was like, Hey man, you talked to anyone since you've been here? And Sammy's like, no, man, I, I just got here. I don't talk to anyone. So Jay knows that Sammy's lying to him and he's afraid that Sammy's going to turn on the bloodline. So Jay goes and tells Roman this 
And now Roman has made the decision of like, I'm going to bring Sammy in here. I'm going to look him eye to eye and I'm going to decide whether or not this guy's telling the truth or not. So Sammy comes in and Sammy essentially pleads his case and tells him the truth says, yes, Kevin Owens approached me. I didn't want to tell Jay about it because he had a big match coming up with, you know, the, the advantage for, for um, like the numbers advantage for, for war games was on the line in his match. And I didn't want to, uh, you know, mess with his head or anything going into that. But yes, Kevin Owens did approach me and he wants me to turn on you guys and uh, turn on the bloodline. And Roman, basically you leave that segment and still not knowing like if Roman is going to mess up Sami Zayn or if he like really believes it. So you're going into the match, really not knowing how Roman feels about Sami at, at, at this point. So during the match, it starts off with Jay Uso in the cage and it's Jay. And I can't, I think, I think Pete Dunn uh, or sorry, Butch. Um, they're they're in the ring together, and when it's time for the next member of the bloodline to come into the ring and, and leave leave their like shark cage to go into the into the the um, war games, it's going to be Jimmy. So it's going to be the Usos together in the cage. But Roman stops Jay or sorry stops Jimmy and says, points at, at Sammy and says, "No, you're going. Like it's your time to go in there." And basically made it to be on Sammy. It was, it's a compelling story because now they've put it on Sammy to decide right away. Like, because you would know in a match like this, is Sammy going to attack Jay? Is Sammy going to help Jay? Like, they've been enemies in the bloodline. So, like, if if, if Sammy's going to turn, he's not going to be helping Jay. So, and by the end of the match, Sammy has the decision to make and decides to helluva kick Kevin Owens and set up Jay to hit the splash to pin Kevin Owens. So Jay gets the glory of winning of winning war games by the assist of Sami Zayn. And so like at this point now, Sami Zayn is fully accepted into the bloodline. Like him and Jay are buddies now. Him and Jimmy have been buddies. Sola Sokoa is doing his thing on the side just with his arms crossed, just like being kind of like the straight guy in the whole situation. And Roman, you still don't know. Like, you know you know he's going to mess up Sami Zayn badly eventually. But he's doing a really – you just don't know when. You don't know what's going to trigger it. And it is clear as day at this point. It is going to be Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens versus the Usos at WrestleMania for those titles. And that's where Sami Zayn is going to get his big big win over the bloodline and over Jey Uso and everything is going to be at WrestleMania. And I think if you get that at WrestleMania, if you get Cody beating Roman – and you get Owens and Zayn beating the Usos, you get two humongous title changes, two humongous WrestleMania moments, and you get like a reset in the WWE product because now the bloodline lost everything. And now what happens? You know, so it's like, I, I think that like it all really is going to, I think WrestleMania season, WrestleMania itself, like from, from Royal Rumble through Mania, I think it's actually going to be really good for the WWE. Like if they can continue yeah. these stories this way. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, and I thought, you know, so I thought that was really good. Austin Theory versus uh, Seth freaking Rollins and Bobby Lashley. Uh, Theory winning the, the U.S. title. That was another really good match. Really good triple threat. Um, Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi was terrible. Um, yeah. Just all the way around. Just bad. Can you believe um, how bad Ronda's gotten? Like, I know she, she was never like. Yeah. I know she was never like great, but like there was a time where she looked really promising. And like she is not that at all anymore. Right. Yeah, I, I, I think she's essentially I don't want to say phoning it in, but it's like she yeah. just knows she's at that level of like 
she probably has a company kind of bent over a little bit when it comes to this too, where she's probably like, I'm really only going to do this if I'm basically the champion. Like if you, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, otherwise I'm just going to not do this anymore. Cause and at that point though, is it even worth it? Like if she's not even like really over, cause I mean, I at remember this point, being it, yeah. live for mania and like, People did not like it's, her. It's not the same anymore. It, it's similar in a lot of ways. And I know Connor became a much bigger star than Ronda, you know, in the UFC um, eventually. But there was a time where Ronda was the biggest star in the history of the company. And yep. and her and Connor feel a lot in, uh, kind of one and the same right now when it comes to a lot of things where, like, the buzz and the 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 glamour, the, the, the allure of it, it just, it just isn't the same anymore. Even, like, Connor yeah. coming back to fight. It's like, I'll be excited when it happens, but like, I don't feel nearly like I did around the time he was boxing Floyd Mayweather about him. You know what I mean? It's just I totally, agree. you know, it's a, that, that moment in time is just kind of passed. So I feel the same way about Ronda. I don't think she's really that valuable to the WWE anymore. Um, but she's also like too famous in comparison to the other people they have on the show, similar to Brock. Like, I think Brock's a lot better than Ronda as far as being a professional wrestler, but. It's it's a tough spot to be in. If you have Ronda Rousey in the W you're the WWE, you got you like have to have her at a certain level probably because of just how famous she still is. Um, but she does need to put some people over here soon, like and really like make something of this for the future of like the women's divisions. But yeah, that said, that's probably more than I even want to talk about that. They had a uh, uh, AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. I thought was really good. They went almost twenty minutes and they had a, a match as you'd expect them to have. Still was it really good or was it kind of like slow paced and not like what they could be more like a WWE version of it? It, it, it could, I mean, it could have been better, you know, but like I all it, it still isn't over between like the OC and the judgment day. So like there's still meat on the bones for like, I probably through Royal Rumble, maybe even all the way to WrestleMania. I think there's, there'll be some sort of version of like this story going, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Like, like, I think Dominic Mysterio is, like, pretty bad. Like, I, I've given him a lot of, like, um, uh, a lot of slack, I guess. Like, because yeah. he is a Mysterio, and, like, he was kind of just thrown into it. But considering how long he has trained for at this point, how long he's been on their television show, like, I was watching a little bit of Raw on Monday or yesterday, and um, they had a pretty good um, – I think it was a, a four on four match because Rhea Ripley, I believe, was also wrestling for Judgment Day, and uh, and Mia Yim, I believe. I think I think it was like a mixed four on four that I was watching, and I was watching when Dominic got into the ring, and he was doing the three amigos because now he's trying to lean into the whole like Eddie's my poppy type thing because he's trying to be a heel. Yeah, and it's it's like he's doing the three amigos in in quicksand. Like I mean, it's so slow, and it's just like you just it just looks like he's moving in slow motion when he does the six one nine. It's like how long before he's going to get to the ropes and how slow is that swing going to be to get, and it's just like, he just isn't very good at this. It just, you know, he just, he's, he's, he's literally nothing like his dad as a professional wrestler. Um, those are, those are big shoes to fill. I get it. I mean, you're fighting a gigantic uphill battle being the son of Rey Mysterio, probably the best luchador of, of all time. And one of the best just overall professional wrestlers of all time, in my opinion. But there's, there's a difference between being like, in your your dad's shadow and like you're still pretty good versus like you're there i feel like they're really trying to force it with dominic and it just isn't working um that said though like i said aj and finn was pretty good and and aj won and then the women's war games match like i said it was really good as well um becky lynch had a hit a um 
leg drop off the top, more like a butt buster off the top rope or sorry, off the top of the cage, um, you know, through a table to win the match and stuff. I mean, it was, it was, and they, the women went hard out there and Io Shirai or, um, Io Sky did a, did a moonsault off the top of the cage and stuff. And for my money, I said it during the match cause there was some one-on-one between them, but I think Oscar versus Io Sky, like for the world, like one of them should be one of the women's champions. And like that should be a, like a title feud between those two. Cause they both rule. And I love Bianca Belair. Like, I think that she's, yeah. she's superstar. Yeah. I've, I talked about it before on the show, but like the value that they have with Bianca and like, she hasn't even peaked yet in my opinion. She's still getting better. Like she's, she can be right there with Charlotte and Sasha and, and Becky and like all like their, their tippy top women for a very, I know I mentioned Sasha and that, I don't know what her current status is, but you know, you know what I mean? Like she's, she's that level to me where you can talk about her as Bianca might be the best wrestler right now that there is. Like she's incredible and she keeps getting better. So like, there's a lot of damn good talent in these matches. Um, and I thought the pay-per-view was pretty good. I really did. Um, I, and, and it was cool to see war games back like on, and it's not, it was, it was technically the debut for WWE because it, it only been on, you know, NXT up to this point. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I thought it was a good show. It feels weird though, man. Like they only have like five or six matches, huh? Yeah. But like I said, though, the two war games matches were like 40, 40 minutes. minutes. Yeah. 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 No, it's just weird because, like, with AEW, you're just used to having, like, 10 to 12 or whatever it is, so. Well, even WWE normally does that. Um, Yeah. You know? But even, I don't know, the the last couple have only been, like, six, eight, maybe max. I think it's more like six. Dude, I was so confused because, like, while I was watching this show, I was like, where's Riddle? Because, like, he was, like, heavily featured on, like, most of these pay-per-views I've been watching, or PLEs that I've been watching. Um, Right. And like even I think as recently as like wasn't he feuding with like Seth like really recently and stuff and like he, he last pay per view right wasn't he the wasn't main it? event didn't he beat he him was the ma- he was the main event in the cage I don't know if he beat him or yeah not. he beat I him think... with like a triangle choke from the bottom or something I want to say I could be wrong yeah but, something like that but, but so like I think and I was so confused I was like Riddle's not on the show and then so like I was watching some of Raw yesterday and I was like oh no they have him teaming with Elias now. Like that, like oh, how the how the hell did it go done. from how did it go from like main eventing a pay per view and like beating like one of the top guys to now you're in a tag like I know they did some weird thing and I only I saw a clip of it because the joke was Matt Riddle he Elias was out there with his guitar and Matt Riddle brought out his bongos and you know because Riddle hits his bong yeah get it, I get it. um. Uh-huh. And, um, and, but I thought that was going to be like a one-off joke or like maybe lead to like a match for like the next week or something. I guess they're like a full-on tag team now. And I just, I just can't, I mean, people can have their opinions of Riddle. I get, I get all that. Like, there's a lot of people that really don't like him for a lot of reasons. I get that. But like, if you're talking strictly like in-ring pro wrestler, the character they put on TV up to this point, the RK bro stuff and all that, you got himself pretty damn over and like got himself in like a really good position. I just don't know how you go from like, where he was a month ago to like in this tag team that didn't even get, he didn't get on the pay-per-view. Mm. Yeah. That's brutal. I don't Elias know. Elias versus Usos next Monday says Romeo. I mean, that's still a good spot to be in, but there's no way they're beating the Usos. So that like, sounds like a, yeah, a raw Riddle match. Heading? That's a raw match. Yeah. Alex, yeah. did you watch Riddle at all in Evolve? Just curious. Because to me, it's like, if you've actually seen 
like him be able to go all out in the indies. Like he's he's really good. But I think he looks even better in the ring now than he did then because my only issue that I had with Riddle when he was wrestling pre WWE was a lot. And this is this is my own. And this probably didn't bother most people. Um, and I was a big fan of Riddle on the indies for what it's worth. But like I there and I think you'd agree with this. We're so used to seeing him and, and also just MMA in general. There was a while there where it looked like he was really pulling back from hitting people. Where like, like he still obviously is like he's not out there actually kneeing and punching and kicking people in the face. But there was a while there for like the beginning of his run where like he'd knee people and he'd like have to really slow down to where it was like super noticeable that he was like really really trying not to hurt people. Um, now it now he's like he's it, it looks a lot more like he's laying it in without like actually hurting people. So um, yeah. I just want to throw that out there too. I, I think he's a much better wrestler now than he wasn't involved, but he had more of an opportunity to like have different types of matches on the Indies for sure. Yeah. No, I mean like, I just mean like in general, just his full ability to go like 20 minutes, 25 minutes, false finishes, bumping all that stuff. Like he can, he can really go if he's given the opportunity, but I, I feel like he's going to be stuck in that RVD mold where it's just like, you know, they'll push him every now and then and they'll put him back down and he'll just be like the bro guy, you know, the pothead. Like, that's kind of just what he'll be in the WWE. Guys, we've got 33 people in here. Smash that like button. Definitely would appreciate it. Um, but, yeah, I think that covers it. What's what's for this week on uh, Dynamite? We have Dax Harwood versus Brian Danielson. That should be really good. Yep. We've got the Elite versus Death Triangle in a third match, which I'm kind of really surprised the Elite are down uh, 0-2 right now. Dude, so. I think the the next – is it Nick who hasn't taken a pin yet? I think he's getting hit with the hammer next. And they're going down 0-3 all to hammer shots, and then they have yeah. to build their way back. Yeah, I, I think so too. I think, I think that they're going to – go down where it looks like they can't win and they're going to have to win all of them. And that's going to go all the way down to the finals in California. I but agree. Uh, that should be good. I'm not sure about all the MJF is supposed to be there tomorrow. So that should be good. Kind of see what the direction is there. Probably heat up him and Ricky Starks, you would think. Um, so yeah, good stuff. Yeah. Um, really quickly before we get out of here, I can I, I have to go very fast through these, but I do have some weekly purchases that I'd love to show everybody yeah. real quick. Before we get out yearly of here. purchase, dude. Oh, this isn't even every. I mean, this is just the stuff I'm showing on screen. There's also some gifts I've gotten for people that I don't want to like spoil and stuff. But I mean, this is the box. You can't even the box won't even fit on the screen. This is my ringside collectibles box from today. <laughs> I mean, this thing is massive. Um. Yeah. But yeah, I got a whole bunch of stuff um, and also some other stuff. But yeah, just really quickly so y'all can see my uh, this is some Black Friday stuff. We got Sean Spears, Jay Cargill, CM Punk, even though I'm such a hater, still bought the CM Punk. Got that Brian Danielson, really wanted that one. Very happy to have yep. that. Um, got me Brian Cage. A lot of these, you know, have been out for a minute, but it was like the perfect time to like buy the full set. Got the Ricky Starks. By the way, have you seen the Cyber Monday? I probably don't need to look anymore at any of this. I'm stuff. just saying, like, there, 
they're cheaper than what they were on Friday. I'm pissed. Okay, well, I just yeah, I can't keep I can't keep doing this. We yeah, got uh, like, Christian Cage. It was like three dollars less than this, four dollars less again. Like they're just like okay, whatever. Uh, well, anyway, yeah, I bought a whole bunch of stuff. Thunder yeah. Rosa. Yeah. We got. Eddie Kingston. I've wanted this for a minute. I've never seen this in person still somehow. It just never hit my area. I um, found him in the wild. Yeah. Powerhouse Hobbs. Yep. Yeah. This is a newer one that I hadn't had. It got Andrade. Yep. I, got, I ordered him as well. Got the LJN Darby. Got the Ringside Collectibles Ringside Exclusive Tony Schiavone with the case because I have an end to potentially get this signed, so I wanted to make sure to keep it in good shape. And then some other stuff. This is not off. These are the last two. This is not off AEW's um, website or off of Ringside Collectibles. These were private purchases. Got the one of 5,000 Sting with the Scorpion shirt and the one of 5,000 Darby Allen as well. So um yeah, I bought I bought myself 13 figures off of Ringside Collectibles and then uh yeah, some other stuff as well. So um I am very happy for, you know, all the stuff I've I've acquired over Black Friday. I even went on GCW's website. I bought some uh, some of their signed posters cuz they were like 30% off. So I bought yeah. the um I bought I don't they haven't showed up yet, but I bought two um, the two shows that I went and covered for Fightful in Atlanta, um, out of center stage, I bought the two sign posters for those two events. So I'm going to put them back behind me, probably in some frames. So, um, speaking so, of yeah. real quick, I was just curious. Um, I know this will probably make you uncomfortable, but it's just a question. Has AJ Gray come back? Cause I just saw that he's being advertised to wrestle the next GCW. Yeah, I think he's, he's back. He's definitely in a lot better shape now too like um okay. so i think um yeah yeah i don't yeah I, I i actually i talked to someone about him actually i i um i did some commentary for cdw on sunday yeah. and um i talked to actually a couple wrestlers about him specifically they, they brought him up and um they were like yeah it looks like he's like really so to answer your question it looks like he really is trying to make a comeback now so okay. um, yeah we'll see how that goes i i still i still don't have like a real and this will probably bother some people to even hear me say this. I still don't have like a 100% like clear opinion on how I feel about, about all that. Like there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of two, there's, there's two, there's definitely two sides to that whole thing. And it's just like, it's murky. Yeah. So yeah. Um, I mean, both have screenshots, both have their opinions of what happened. It is what it is. But yeah. I was just curious if he's actually back and going to wrestle. Cause I, I saw so. him in an advertisement. I saw him. So we're friends on Facebook. Me and him. I saw something on uh, the other day about he tweeted or he he posted something along the lines of like, I don't care what company is for anymore. Like I'm doing it for myself. Like something like that. It's kind of alluding to like, I, I think he still will keep getting booked in GCW unless it becomes something where the fans like really turn on him because they kind of did a little bit when he came back, but not like think. not but not as bad as like is they probably expected though to be honest. Um, but I, uh, I think he has – I'm, I can't speak for that guy. Like I, but it's just I, – I think it's probably what – it, what it looks like was more of a mindset of like 
even if I don't keep getting booked in GCW or like the places I was before, like I'm still going to keep trying to like, I'm going to, I'm going to find places where, where I can do my thing. So gotcha. um, once again, I'm paraphrasing and I'm kind of just taking like what I've seen off, off Facebook and stuff. But like I, um, it, it yeah, to, to answer your question. Yes. It, it, it looks like AJ is, is making, um, making a comeback. So we'll see how that goes. Sweet. All right, that's really all I had. Uh, everyone, thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. Looks like uh, you got a lot there to to open and decide how you want to display with your figures there. Oh, because I bought and, stuff uh, off Amazon. Like I've got like uh, I like I got like a new Alexa. Finally, I've never had one of those before. I bought like the light, like the plugs that like you just say something to Alexa and like so. I'm I'm setting it up in here now where I'm rearranging stuff. I'm getting some new shelves, some new uh, cabinets and stuff, um, and doing like. I'll have like lights and stuff in here soon too. That like change colors and shit. So like, yeah, I went all out there this year on just stuff. So yeah, nice. I know you did too. I know you you sent me your your receipt for yeah. uh, inside collectibles. So yeah, I I definitely wanted to get the exploding barbed wire match two pack because I think it's an awesome looking two pack. I have that here just because my my buddy like ordered a few things in that package too, and one of them I just have it in the other room. But he bought the exploding barbed wire pack, so I, I had it in my hand earlier today, and I was like, "Damn, I wish I had bought one of these." Also, like it it is really nice. Well, it's now thirty two ninety nine instead of like thirty eight ninety nine. Pisses me off. And I've been then uh, so much. Oh, I know. Trust me. And, and it's like just by each item that you add, the shipping goes up dramatically more. So that's when I was just like, even the cheap stuff, it wasn't worth it because then it got so expensive. Did you but, use like um, the free ship six to your like code Kyle? I use code Kyle. I did too. I was up high enough in price to where like it saved me more money to use the 10% off than the free shipping. So yeah. Yeah, I, I could have used free shipping, but I've heard it's just a disaster. Like you won't get that thing for like a month free. The old free shipping code did that. The one that was just like free ship, but the new one that's like free ship 60 or whatever, that yeah. one actually doesn't do, at least in my experience, that one okay. has not done that to me where like, I've still gotten it within like, like five days or so the old free ship code though, it would, it would just choose like the, the, the crummiest like shipping option, I guess, through whatever yeah. service they'd use. So like, it would go from like state to state to state to state, just bounce around for like two weeks and then eventually show up to you. So, um, got it. So all vouch for, for ringside collectibles though, like the free ship 60 code I, I, has been good for me. Um, but if given the option though, of course, like I'll support, you know, Kyle Peterson or, you know, yeah. one of, one of, one of our boys, you know, somebody who's out there, you know, trying to make it on YouTube or whatever, like I'd rather support them anyway. So, yeah, I also got the Britt Baker uh, lights out match one. I yeah. I wanted that, and then uh, I I have the Supreme in the cart, the Britt Baker Supreme, but I didn't I didn't pull the trigger on that mainly because I want the head sculpts because I'm gonna replace it with the oh, crappy right. one from the one. I completely forgot I got this too. The Walmart exclusive yeah. Supreme Cody. Complete, there you go. In, in a, in a, I bought so much stuff. Now, like, are you opening that or are you going to hold off? This, this one's staying in the box. Um, yeah. Mainly because it's Walmart exclusive. Um, yeah. So, usually with the exclusives, I keep them in the box. Um, it's tempting, though. I mean, it's badass that he has this whole other, you know. Yep. I mean, 
So, I mean, I'll get more than one of these, though, to be honest. Like, I'll, especially if these go down in price, which I'm assuming they probably will soon yeah. enough. Um, yeah. If I start getting these for, like, around 20 bucks, I'll buy, like, a bunch of them, probably. Um, and right. then I'll start opening them if I get more than a few, so. Yeah. It's a great figure, though. Great. Uh, but, I'll, dude, I'll say this. I'll, I'll keep it real. The fan... Uh, Cody Rhodes, the Mattel fan creation, Cody Rhodes that, that we pre-ordered. It looks, it looks like dope. the best one. It looks better than yeah. all these. Like, yeah. so I'm, so hey, I love, I love you, Jeremy Fidauer. I love you, Jazzwares. I obviously, obviously, I like your product. I, I just, I bought thirteen of the other, and plus, I'm spending hundreds of dollars on 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 rare and chase figures. But yeah the Mattel's got you with that Cody. Like it, it's, it's very similar obviously, but there's those little differences where I'm like, this is, this looks like the better figure. I so like I the coat that it was like polyester. And so it looks like it's going to be like, kind of like polyester. And then the, it looks like that the arms are going to be able to still be posable. So yeah. that looked dope. And then they even have the elite that look really good too. Like it's Cody, the Cody figures are looking good. Yeah. I'm very happy about that. I still got to buy his basic. I figure that'll probably pop up in stores. Whenever whenever those basics come out in like Walmart, they just warm the pegs forever and they get cheap. Yep. So like, I figure I'll probably be able to buy, buy Cody for like five bucks. Um, but I really do want his, his basic because I mean, he's got a WB figure and it, it actually looks good. Like I really don't even hate on the basics like I used to. Like some of them are actually better than the elites sometimes, which is kind of crazy. Um, it just depends. The thing is, though, is it's like, is it going to ever be an elite? Because then why do you want a basic, right? right? But it's one of those things like you collect everything Cody, so it makes sense. The weird thing about that Cody, though, is it's his old WWE head scan, like the one before he left, and they just made it blonde. Right. But like you can see now, like the new WWE head scan is is way different. That's true. I didn't even think about that, but you're right. They would have still had his stuff from when he was, because he was, he was getting Mattel figures before he left WWE the first time. Yep. So like, that's a, but like I have yeah. one, it's the exact same head scan. It's the exact same, but it, it's just with blonde hair now. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, I got to, uh, I, I yeah, I'll, I'll definitely eventually get it. Um, so yeah, um, that was that was a good show. Thanks, thanks everyone for sticking around, and hope you like seeing the stuff we collect. And if you collect things yourself, make sure to hit the um, link in the description below. Um, go support FK because he supports the show, and uh, he's a good dude. He's been awesome to us. Um, you get ten percent yes. off of your yep. order. Just go on FK's eBay store, click the link, and just send him a message that says "Live Rounds" or Doug or Steven or anything like that. He'll give you ten percent off of your any anything you buy off your whole order on his eBay store. Uh, just because you uh, help support the show. Um, so uh, thank you to FK for being a part. We really appreciate you. And uh, and like I said, I can't stress it enough. Just hit that link in the description. And at the very least, go if you collect stuff, at the very least, go check out the store. Because um, I guarantee you, if you're a wrestling fan, you're going to find stuff you like on there. And even has like just like movies and DVDs and Blu-rays and, and old albums and stuff like that. Like there's a whole bunch of stuff. But um WF Funko Pops and 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 like I said, that Mick Foley signed eight by ten is badass. Like they, they got a lot of good stuff on there, so um check it out. And I'll just plug my stuff real quick. Uh, this Thursday, go check out the Fightful Select. Or sorry, check out the the spotlight on Fightful. It's YouTube.com/slash Fightful. Myself and Jeremy Lambert Thursday uh, every Thursday nine thirty a.m. Eastern time. 
Uh, we pre-recorded an interview today with Jameson Ryan and Diamond Sheik, who run Championship District Wrestling. That's the show that is some commentary for on Sunday. So we talk about the show. We talk about uh, just like the whole company. Um, I met I, like Billy Gunn was there, and like I being in person, he that guy is ginormous, and I talked about that yeah, a little bit. Um, it was a good yeah, show. EC3 popped up unannounced. Like there was there yeah. was there was there was a lot of good stuff. It was a really good show. Um, I was happy to be a part of it. I got to call a suicide match. That's kind of crazy. Like just like I played as him in the TNA video game back in the day. It's just like kind of weird. It's like cool though. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, so um so yeah, check that out and and I'll let y'all know when the the show drops on YouTube so y'all can watch it. And uh, and also check out the spotlight on fight or sorry the, the weekender. I get my shows mixed up every Sunday. Fightfulselect.com. Um, I I just hit my four year anniversary of doing that show. Um, I've only missed two weeks ever in four years. One was when I had COVID. The other was uh, for Jeremy's wedding when I got uh, really really sick because of the plane ride. Um, so uh, so yeah, I've, I've done it every single week every single week for four years outside of those two weeks. Um, so so appreciate all the support everyone who listens to that show and uh, go subscribe to Fightful Select and uh, check it out and all the other stuff going on over there. So uh, yeah, appreciate y'all. Anything you got left to uh, to plug, Doug? No, that's it. Just follow me on Twitter. Twitter's lit right now. It's a lot of fun. So definitely lit. recommend you start a Twitter or whatever <laughs> if you haven't. Um, Hit me up and, on Hive. Uh, that's Steven Jensen. Yeah, screw Hive. <laughs> no thanks. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Enjoy Dynamite, and uh, we'll kind of see what what the future's gonna be looking like for the next uh, storylines. Absolutely. Our next week, every Tuesday, same time, same time, same place. RVD Tito for Life YouTube channel, 10, 10 p.m. Eastern. Hit the thumbs up button. Make sure to subscribe, leave comments, all that stuff. We appreciate y'all. Until um, next week, I'm Steven. That's Doug and Skull Vikings. Go Cowboys. Yeah. I'll always make sure to let you get that in. We got to both. We got to both rep our team. So, yep. See y'all next Definitely. week. Thank you for tuning in to Live Rounds. Make sure you leave a like, leave a comment, and donate to Steven Jensen. He will read out your donations on the next week's show. Also, don't forget to follow Doug Bateman and Steven Jensen on Twitter. And if you like what you heard tonight, check out more Live Rounds episodes.